This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Wednesday, August 19th. Kathy's out. I'll handle the news duties. We'll begin with gun violence in Philadelphia. It's surging at a record pace as police investigate more shootings that took place on Tuesday night. Since 2 p.m., 11 people had been shot, including three children. Police say one man died, four others are injured after a gunman inside a white van opened fire on a group of people. It happened around 4 p.m. at 30th and Cumberland Streets in the city's Strawberry Mansion section. Five victims between 15 and 24 years old were injured in the shooting. Police say an 18-year-old man was shot twice in the head. He died later at the hospital. They use the term man when you say 18 years old. It's a kid, folks. They were showing uh, pictures of the area, Preston. You know those little yellow markers they put down yeah. for each bullet they find? They were littered across the pavement. It's terrible. A 15-year-old boy was shot in the right leg. He is listed in serious condition at an area hospital. A 24-year-old man, a 20-year-old man, a 21-year-old were all injured in the gunfire. No immediate word on the conditions of the three victims. The deadline came and went, and the three homeless encampments across Philadelphia remain along the Ben Franklin Parkway, the Azalea Garden, and in front of Housing Authority on Ridge Avenue. Mayor Jim Kenney said that there was never a deadline per se, but rather a 30-day notice to leave on August 18th. And on Monday, he said in a statement after several weeks of face-to-face discussions and after more than two months of Concerted efforts by our administration, I have come to the conclusion that further negotiations would be fruitless. He expressed his frustration, saying we agreed to at least 20 different requests to the group, and their response is, unless we meet every demand, they will stay forever. Uh, The city cited health and sanitation reasons for removal and safety with acts of violence occurring in and around the camp. The Ridge Avenue encampment is preventing the construction of a much-needed North Philadelphia grocery store. And the city said more than 400 complaints had been filed about the encampments. Residents complained that uh, they don't feel safe and it is affecting the use of Von Collin Park in Fairmont. Former Vice President Joe Biden formally became the Democratic uh, the Democrats' presidential nominee on day two of the Democratic National Convention yesterday. A night topped off by his wife, Jill Biden, giving the night's main speech. Because of the convention's virtual format this year due to coronavirus pandemic, the roll call of states in which the delegate counts were announced that made Biden the nominee was done with brief live and recorded video segments from the states and territories, most of them done before landmark or otherwise meaningful locations. In addition to Jill Biden... The night's other high-profile speakers included former President Bill Clinton, Republican former Secretary of State Colin Powell, and former Senator John Kerry, the Democratic's 2004 presidential nominee. Keynote address was delivered by rising party star Stacey Abrams, along with 17 other younger Democrats from across the country. Uh, Leadership was a main theme of the night, with foreign policy also emphasized and many shots taken at President Trump. Jill Biden, a teacher, delivered her remarks from a school where she once taught, speaking 
of her husband's largely, uh, speaking of her husband largely in personal terms rather than political ones, she spoke about meeting and marrying Joe, with uh, who had two young sons and had lost his wife and daughter in a car crash, saying, how do you make a broken family whole? Biden spoke about her husband's devotion to working for Americans, saying his faith in God and, quote, in you, in us, stating we just need leadership worthy of our nation. And she did that in uh, Wilmington, by the way, right. of course. And then one last story. Girl Scouts of uh, the USA announced Tuesday that they'll be debuting a brand new flavor hey. for the 2021 cookie season. Hey. Toasty Yay. Is a French toast inspired hey. cookie dipped in icing and full of flavor in every bite. According to the GSUSA, the new treat will be available in select areas in 2021. The Girl Scouts also announced changes to their cookie selling delivery method as U.S. continues to navigate the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, through social distancing measures, customers will still be able to buy their cookies directly from local Girl Scouts. There's also a gift box, uh, box option oh. that allows uh, cookies to be shipped directly to customers. I um, am liking that. How yeah. about that? Have exactly. you guys um, seen any for sale lately? Because I, I, I was in a store and there were Thin Mints on the counter for sale and I was like, uh, hmm. how friggin' old are these things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they usually don't. It happened until around January, I yeah. think, is when uh, the sales first start hitting. Was but it the dollar store that you were in? No, no, no. So no. they were eight months old. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's especially because they melt right now. Mm-hmm. If, like, the girls are standing outside, those thin mints are going to be all yeah, melted. That's exactly don't. why they don't do it in the summer. Yep, they won't last. What are those uh, What are those cookies that they only sell in the winter? They're the, the chocolate-covered marshmallow. Um, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. They're uh, great. They're not awesome. moon pies. No, no, no. no. Malamars? Malamars. Yeah. They're so thin, the chocolate that they, they yeah. melt yeah, they, the, yeah. The, the chocolate that they use will absolutely drip right off. So, <laughs> All right, in uh, sports this morning. The Flyers beat the Montreal Canadiens yesterday afternoon in game four of the first round and now lead the series three games to one. Carter Hart made 29 saves. He recorded his second consecutive shutout as the Flyers won two to nothing. Michael Roffel scored first with the Flyers uh, for the Flyers with uh, Phil Myers adding an insurance goal in the second. Hart becomes the third Flyers goaltender to record back-to-back playoff shutouts and the youngest in the NHL to do so in 26 years. Well, the Flyers will look to close out the series in Game 5 tonight, and the puck is scheduled to drop at 8 p.m. Sixers look to bounce back from their Game 1 loss against Boston Celtics. The two teams will play in tonight's Game 2. Tip-off for the Wild World of Sports, uh, from the Wild World of Sports Complex in Orlando is set for 6.30. Bills beat the Boston Red Sox last night in Fenway Park. Bryce Harper hit a three-run homer during a seven-run six-inning, and the Phils came from behind to beat the Sox. 13 to 6. Nice. Reese Hoskins, Phil Gosselin, and Jay Bruce, also homer for the Phils, who have won four games in a row. Series in Boston continues this afternoon. Jake Arrieta will get the start. Game time, 135. And for the Eagles uh, at training camp, uh, Derek Barnett is listed as week to week with a lower body injury, uh, injury, and Javon Hargrave is listed out with uh, multiple weeks with an upper body injury. ESPN has reported that Hargrave has a pec strain that he suffered while working out. Uh, the Bar- Barnett and uh, Hargrave have a realistic shot at being ready for the regular season opener on September 13th, and that is against Washington. 
That's all I got for you this morning. Sports news, all of it right there for you, You friends. did a damn good job. You sort of thrust into this last minute. Like the true journalist you are, you rose to the job. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I, I hate that Kathy is, is ill, but I hate doing news. I hate it! Oh, but you're so good at it. You know, that's what Thank Walter you. Cronkite used to say. <laughs> I hate this! Yes. I effing hate this! Good night and good luck. And I hate this! I'm Dan Rather, and I hate this! Every goddamn second of it. I'm Tom Brokaw, and I'd rather get an animal than the news. <laughs> Thank we you! We all hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. I think I, me and all the other journalists, journalists agree man. that we hate the news. <laughs> I'm Jim Garner, and I hate the goddamn news. <laughs> it anyway. never stays no. the same. It, yes, it's yeah. just changing all the goddamn time. What is the deal with that? I Stop end. it. I should add. No, it just it's, it adds a level of it, it gets in the way of the other things that I'm doing to prepare for the radio program. But whatever, man, whatever. I'll probably get it for you again tomorrow. <laughs> Kathy's feeling ill right after vacation. Thank you very much. Hmm. All right, well, welcome to it, sunshine. It's a Wednesday. Hope you have morning. a good day. Yeah, I hate this. <laughs> we have a chance. We have a secret text word prize. We have a chance for you to win a carload pass up to four people to see Steel Panther. <laughs> At the Circle Drive-In Theater in Scranton on Saturday, September 12th. And you know what? Uh, Yesterday, Stig Zadinia, the drummer of Steel Panther, retweeted my drum video yesterday. (laughs) Yes, he did. Which one? The the play-along to Casey's... Because you have like 80 of them now. Well, it's the ranch dressing ranch. Oh, okay. Really? Uh, Okay, that's cool. Oh, so it wasn't this one? Hey, everybody. Not that one, no. Okay. It was the, uh, the, did you see the ranch dressing? You I saw the ranch dressing yeah, yeah, yeah. one, great. yes, you did. So, anyway, thank you, Stick Zadinia. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, so, you'll be able to see Steel Panther. But text the word secret to 39333. We will send a word back to you. And later on, we'll ask you to call in with that word. The designated caller will win that prize. And we'll also grab a random text or two. So, why not give it a shot? So, text word t- secret to 39333. Uh, let me see here. We do have guests on the program. Uh, like I said, uh, it's a Wednesday, so we're going to go live on Fox. Good day. Uh, Big J Okerson is getting in touch. <laughs> we'll get uh, we'll get a uh, from the man recap of what went down on stage. I was last out week. last week when when this happened. I don't know what the details are. So he got pulled off stage. He got pulled off stage. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, so we'll we'll ask Jay about exactly what his perspective was <laughs> being pulled down from the stage. Uh, we also have uh, Roy Wood is going to be on the show. He's and, great. Uh, back-to-back weeks of convention coverage on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. We'll see how that is different this year. Roy Wood is one of those legitimately at the core funny dudes. And then we also have the guy you may have heard about, Pat Finnerty. We reported on him yesterday. He got Dave Grohl to join him on Instagram Live for a jam session just by... Doing a little virtual or a, a viral campaign of sorts, and it got to Dave, and Dave got him. We're gonna we're gonna hear exactly how yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah. So he's a local guy. We'll talk to Pat a little bit later on this morning. So we got a lot to get to today. Let's take a break. Come back in a second, and I'll have a stupid question. It's Elvis related. Oh, and uh, we'll have a prize with that, and some entertainment stories. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Not only can you hear. 
your Preston and Steve. You can see them too. Check out the weekly rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. It's always been Acme's goal to make sure that football fans have everything they need to cheer on the Eagles. And today, that goal is no different. No matter what game days look like this year, they'll be there to help you kick off, cheer from your favorite seat, and host like a pro with all the snacks, party trays, and game day foods you know and love. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's give something away. We're going to do the stupid question. We're going to give away a 24-karat gold-dipped rose from Steven Singer Jewelers. I told you we was going to do an Elvis question, so here it is. How old was Elvis when he bought Graceland? Mm-hmm. 215263WMMR. Call now if you know the answer. How old was Elvis Presley when he bought Graceland? I have a bunch of birthdays to go through today. If you're celebrating a birthday on Wednesday, August 19th, you celebrate it with a bunch of celebs. Kevin Dillon being one of them. Brother Matt Dillon, star of Entourage. He was also in uh, Heaven Help Us. Yeah. Which I really love. Oh, it's, yeah. it, it's sort of a comedy, but there's a really. Yeah. Dark side of uh, this abusive priest. Yeah. Yep. And uh, but I've, I've always enjoyed that movie. Yeah. He's uh, 55 years old today, Kevin Dillon. Uh, Adam Arkin. Uh, we have we have a couple of uh, famous siblings, or I guess uh, relatives, because his dad is at the great Alan Arkin. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's had a successful career um, all the way from you know Chicago Hope, Sons of Anarchy, Northern Exposure. He's in one of our favorite movies, The Doctor. Yes, he is. He's the good right. doctor. Yeah, he plays yeah. the uh, the the real, you yeah. know, concerned doctor. It is a good movie. He's heard just... he can be difficult. Yeah, what's that? that, the, that the he real? can be difficult. The, no uh, kidding. The bit of an ego on the guy. Yeah, yeah that sucks. sucks. Is he the star of? Uh, is it Jefferson commercials? Jefferson Hospital, or is, think, it, oh, or is are, it Penn Hospital? Yeah, I believe you're right, Case. I think it's Jefferson. Okay. Uh, so he's 64 today. It's Bill Clinton's birthday today. Hey. Ah, he just spoke last he night. He did. That is correct. And he turns uh, 74 years old today. Where the hell is Hale the Jared is? There. Yes. Former president celebrating his 74th birthday today. Uh, also today, Jonathan Frakes, Commander William Riker of uh, Star Trek The Next Genera- Generation. And recently seen on Riker. Uh, I mean, on uh, Picard, I uh, should Picard, say. Yeah, yeah. And remember also he was the host of uh, The Masked Magician or Magician yeah. Secrets or whatever that show was. He did. Oh, really? and he, also, he also had like a Ripley's um, Believe It or Not series as yeah. well. Uh, I always liked him. Man. Yeah, he's married to Jeannie Francis from um, General Hospital. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's right. He's also featured on the uh, Fish Just album. Hoist. <laughs> yes, right. You're yes. a big fan. Yep. Uh, how is he featured? He's a horn player. Plays and, trombone, right? Yeah. And uh, and then there's also a song. It's not that great of a song, It's uh, but it's called Riker's Mailbox. But right. but uh, there's a horn song. I, I believe it's Julius uh, that he plays on. All right. He's uh, 68 today. It's Matthew Perry's birthday. Matthew Perry is 51 years old, and I guess that Friends sort of reunion that was going to happen just kind of got put on hold. Right, and they're all saying the same thing, so obviously there was some sort of talking point passed around that the extra time will mean it'll be that much better when they do it. Of course. Uh, So happy 51st to him. Uh, Kira Sedgwick turns 55, wife of Kevin Bacon, of course. I love her. Uh, I do, too. She's awesome. She's in that movie. They're they're playing the crap out of it, The, The Possession, which is basically... Jewish exorcist. Yeah. Okay, I and, remember that. And, yeah, and she's uh, she's in it. She's great. Steve, it's John Stamos's birthday. Oh my god! It is indeed the birthday of one John Stamos. I happen to have clips about John, John Stamos. Stamos. Thank you. 
Good um, housekeeping. That too. Velociraptor. That as well. What? Did we just become best friends? So yeah. John Stamos is, is, if you were gay, he'd be the man you want to sleep with. That was their... Right, that was his uh, his uh, classification. Oh, in that, in that oh, clip, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so uh, full house ER played drums with the Beach Boys as well. He's he's Kokomo. Yep, that's right. He is uh, fifty seven today. John Stamos always liked him. Uh, now we also have actress Maria de Medeiros, and you may know her, and probably the only thing you know her from is she was the girlfriend of Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Baby oh. Ann was her name. Sort of yeah. a wayfish. Blueberry yeah. pancakes. Mm-hmm. Will you give me oral pleasures? <laughs> <laughs> Will you kiss it? Can you introduce me to the game? <laughs> oh, she is so cute. I don't know why I was thinking about that the other day. Will you give me oral pleasures? Will you kiss it? My friend loved to use that line. Loved the kiss. Will you line. kiss it? Yeah, he used it in college all the time. Sometimes it actually worked. I'm sure. Yeah. He's I like, mean, girls please. dig it when you're really gentle in the request. Oh. Hey, all right, hey, Randy. Try it at Whole Foods today. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know of anything else. Now, I didn't look up her IMDb credits to see what else she's been in. She's but in Monster Truck 3. I yeah. assume she's French, right? Yes, right. I don't know. I just made that assumption. I because of the, but her last name is Medeiros, so she could uh, be Spanish. She could be Spanish. I'm not really sure, but anyhow, she turns 55 years old today. She went to put belly. Uh, Johnny Nash, the singer of "I Can See Clearly Now, the Rain Is Gone." That is a great. That song. That's an upbeat song. That's can a, get me in a good mood. Gonna be a bright, yes, exactly. bright, sunshiny day that we can't tell because our glasses and the building tint. <laughs> yes, and f Windows. it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is 80 years old today. Oh, wow. 80. Yeah, right? Uh, Ian Gillen, lead singer of Deep Purple, is 75. Uh, always appreciated his uh, vocal abilities. Uh, and uh, I need to go back and, and explore some old Deep Purple, man. Yeah. Besides this, like Highway Star and mm. My Woman from Tokyo and stuff like that. There's some really good stuff that Deep Purple had. And Ian Gillen can belt it out. He's 75 today. Well, happy birthday to you. Also from the world of rock. Yeah. John. <laughs> rock. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John Deacon, bassist from Queen, Ooh. who stepped away from the band and had nothing to do with them in their latter years, you know, when uh, when Adam Lambert came on right. and everything, and, and also with... Uh, with Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie just kind of... The guy who plays him out in the movie... Oh, he's great. ...looks so much like him, as does uh, the guy playing Brian May. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he... Yeah, he is... But this song, he wrote. Yeah. This was, one, this was a number one hit, and John Deacon wrote this. What was the the the, the thing that made them stand apart? Every, every band member wrote a number one hit? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He, all four of them wrote a number one hit song, which in a band, you never yeah. hear that happen. And uh, in the movie, they would have you believe that he wrote this riff as people were arguing, and he was like, oh, I got to... I gotta write a soundtrack to this fight I'm right now. Everybody no, together. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It, it, <laughs> How did it go? In the scene, he already had it. He, oh, yeah, he was okay. just trying it out on him while they were arguing. Okay. <laughs> he was kind of he was distracting him. He was taking that fire, that passion yeah. that Freddie had, and channel it into this. I'm no, sure every song creation in Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. happened exactly the way they did. Right? <laughs> yeah, like uh, when you know Freddie was running late. All right, I, let's get together and clap. And we'll do this song. I like it. Uh, 
John Deacon is 69. And the last birthday I have, also from the world of rock, mm-hmm. Joey Tempest, the lead singer of Europe, celebrates his uh, 57th birthday today. Yeah. And, and they, like Rat, had a little resurgence in a Geico commercial. <laughs> yeah, a they in the years uh, ago? The, cap- or the the lunchroom? Yeah, yeah. In the uh, in in like the office. <laughs> the final, as the as the microwave is counting down, it was the final That's countdown. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, how is it that insurance companies have the best commercials I'm and saying. the be- and the best jingles? Yeah. And by the way, did you see the latest Geico one with the ants problem? No. no. Oh, yeah, we have a problem oh. with ants. And, yeah. it, and there's like everything in your in your fridge is expired, you know, and, it's, oh, and it's there's an all ant? these ants just complaining in their house. Like little ants? No, no, no like your your aunt, aunt, aunt May. Thank you. Aunt May. Okay, gotcha. Aunt all right. Edna. So happy birthday to Joey Tempest. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. How old was Elvis Presley when he bought Graceland? And I will go to Eric, see if he knows the answer. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Oh, good. Just put away the poop knife. Oh, very good. <laughs> Glad you got that out of the way early. Put up quite a fight this morning, didn't it? How How old was Elvis when he bought Graceland? I believe he was 22 years old. Yep. You are correct. Hang on a second, Eric. 22. We're going to give you a 24-karat gold dip rose from Steven Singer Jewelers. Steven Singer Jewelers showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut is now open for appointments only. And you can go to IHateStevenSinger.com to book your appointment today, by the way. You've been to Graceland, right? I've not been to Graceland. I have. No. Yeah. I, would, I, like to, I hear it's underwhelming, but it is. Un- it's surprising how you it's figure smaller. this sprawling mansion, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. That's what I hear. All right, listen, i got a lot to get to. We're going to start with this new accuser coming forward with allegations against Cuba Gooding Jr., a woman is claiming that uh, Gooding coaxed her into a Soho hotel room in the summer of 2013 to rape her twice. Uh, the woman who filed suit anonymously as a Jane Doe said the assault happened after she met him in the VIP section of a Greenwich Village lounge. Uh, when he got into her room, the woman said in the suit that he put on Mumford & Sons music and undressed, despite the woman telling uh, him that she wanted him to leave. And then it goes into graphic detail, and I'm not going to share those right. details because they are pretty graphic. Of, yeah, of apparently, of, huh. she of allegedly of what he did. Uh, he's already facing a criminal trial on six misdemeanor counts of sexual abuse, stemming from three accusers. So this woman is officially filing suit. It's f top. Yep. Tracy Morgan and his estranged wife Megan filed divorce documents almost simultaneously, and there are signs the split is going to get. Ugly. Oh. So she's no longer a fine bowl of pineapple juice? <laughs> Guess not. Megan filed first on July 28th with Tracy following suit the next day. She wants sole custody of their seven-year-old daughter, Maven. Oh, boy. But uh, she wants, uh, yeah, and uh, Tracy, interestingly, also wants her to change her last name back to her maiden name. Can Can in a divorce, can you compel someone to drop a name that they got in marriage? I don't know. I don't know if that's something you can do. Yeah, that's if a good question. If they want to opt to keep the name, I think they can. Do you remember, uh, at least from the movie What's Love Got to Do With It, when Tina Turner was following right. her divorce, she's like, I'm keeping the name. And, and he was saying, no, you're not. Yeah. So I think maybe it there, it's something you can argue in court. I don't really know if you have legs. Well, to maybe be- you can visit the name on weekends. Well, yeah, maybe. You have joint custody, yeah, you have joint custody of the name. <laughs> the name. 
Last month, the pair announced their split in a statement. He said, sadly, after nearly five years of marriage, Megan and I are filing for divorce. This is a challenging time for all involved. They had met in 2011 on a blind date and got engaged a year later, but it is over. The Sussexes are hard at work pitching a new project in Hollywood, according to Variety. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are quietly shopping a concept and has uh, met with networks. No word yet on the details. Also to be determined is if the pitch is for a scripted or unscripted series or something else. An insider said uh, they're hoping to co-produce the project. Another insider said that Meghan will not star in the project. Our first return to the biz was with her work narrating the Disney Plus Elephants. Uh, the doc got uh, some mixed reviews. You said it was I thought really it was good. good. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's what kills me. I don't know what more you would need to bring to the narration. Yeah. You know what? She was hitting all the right spots. Yeah. Harry's first Hollywood gig is in Netflix's documentary Rising Phoenix, which launches later this month and will tell the story of the Paralympic Games. So the show that they're working on right now, Preston, that they don't have all the details about, I understand it's about robotic gorillas. Oh, yeah. wow. It's going to be cool. Groundbreaking. Yeah. Uh, at least one high-profile meeting happened at NBC Universal with Bonnie Hammer, huh. the chairman of the NBC Universal Content Studios, who knew Megan from her years as actors as an actor on Suits. We, this story about a, a man who makes a little girl as his daughter, and she's a robot. <laughs> They're doing small, small wonder. wonder. Yeah, I'm so, there was already. So, oh God, no, sorry. Uh, no word if the pair met with streamers like Netflix, Disney Plus, or Apple. Observers speculate that the new project would likely have a social or environmental angle. I'd love it if they just went completely disposable TV. Uh, in June, they signed with the Harry Walker Agency, which also reps the Obamas and the Clintons. Uh, all right. Uh, during an emotional Zoom call with her staffers on Monday, Ellen DeGeneres addressed several issues related to the toxic work environment that she reportedly oversaw on her eponymous show. According to insiders, the host said that she had no clue where the unspoken rule dictating that no staffer could look her in the eye came from. Have uh, I have... Uh... There have been people in, in my career in radio where you there was sort of an understanding that you don't look them in the eye. Really? I'm not going to say names, but but back early on in the early days of WDRE, I heard a fairly validated story about that. Wow. Yeah. And to me, that's I've, like that is the that is the height of I've, of self-involvement. I've never in the 30 some odd years of being in this business, I've never had a moment where even a celebrity, like a high-level celebrity, where I've been given the edict yeah, of don't, don't look them in the eye. I've never heard that phrase actually uttered in life. If you want to instantly be classified as a nuclear oh, douchebag, yeah. make that request. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the 62-year-old had said, I don't know where it started. Please talk to me. Look me in the eye. Uh, describing the rumored rule as insane. She said, it's crazy. It's, it's just not true. I don't know how it started. Uh, it's not who I am. Warner Media is reportedly nearing the end of its investigation into the show. Thus far, three top producers, executive producer Ed Glavin, uh, or the two executive producers, Ed Glavin and Kevin Lehman, and co-executive producer Jonathan Norman have been fired. They were accused of bullying behavior and sexual misconduct. Interestingly, DJ Stephen Twitch, boss, uh, who publicly supported DeGeneres during the investigation, has been named co-executive producer. Wow. Now, meanwhile, Page Six had unearthed a, uh, a remnant of her past. She had tweeted on June 5th, 2009, I made one of my employees cry like a baby on today's show. Honestly, it felt good. Do you know what the context of that it's, was? No, but it says, 
on today's show. I assume I do know what she it's about. did something nice. wonderful and yes. nice. Yeah. That's what it so, was about. Come on, yeah. man. I doubt, do you even think Ellen yeah. would boast? <laughs> yeah. uh, so whatever. How, listen, we don't know all the specifics about that, but that that's a reach. I yeah. punched you know? the baby in the throat today. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And plus, it says on today's show. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. shut up. All right. Uh, <laughs> sad news. Couple of of, of deaths uh, to report. Ben Cross, star of stage and screen, has died at the age of seventy two. The actor best known for his role. An Oscar-winning drama, Chariots of Fire, died in Vienna from an unspecified illness, according to his daughter, who had confirmed the news on Facebook. He also played Spock's father in that Star Trek. Yeah. Sarek, yes. He had been sick for a while, she I said. I know that. But there was a rapid decline over the past week or ah. so. Yeah, so it came along quickly. Um, Cross made the move from stage to screen in 1977's A Bridge Too Far alongside Sean Connery and Michael Caine in a role he later described as, quote, a glorified extra. In the same year, he also became a member of the Royal Shakespeare Company before gaining fame playing Billy Flynn in Chicago. And that led to a leading role of Harold Abrams in Chariots of Fire, the story of British athletes at the 1924 Olympics, a film that he didn't think was going beyond the English shores. It became a hit in the U.S., and he went on to win the Oscar. It won the Oscar for Best Picture. He said a film like that is professionally life-changing in 2012. Uh, in the years since, he starred alongside Richard Gere in First Night, played Sarek in the 2009 reboot of Star Trek, and played Prince Charles in William and Kate the Movie, which huh. I had I wasn't aware of. Uh, he also has a number of projects yet to be released, including uh, Netflix Romance, Last Letter to Your Lover with Shailene Woodley and Felicity Jones, and a supernatural horror called The Devil's Light with Virginia Madsen. So there's still some stuff that's going to come out with him in it. He's also in Tiger King 2. No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Does he play Joe Exotic? My name is uh, Joseph Exotic. I'm his British cousin. What a rage. (laughs) I understand you carry big cats at your zoo. (laughs) My name is Joseph Exotic. Uh, he is survived by his wife, Deanna, and uh, two children, Theo and Lauren. Theo! That's right, Theo. Um, yeah. Chariots of Fire, does it hold up? I've never seen it. It, it, it was, does. It, okay. It's, 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 it, you cannot help but get swept up in the in the inspirational aspect of it. It's a, it's a really good movie. Yeah, there's a couple of movies that uh, just I was too young to really... Uh, you know, like Gorillas in the Mist, that one. Uh, you know, ones that were... Were those like... things robots in Gorillas <laughs> yes, in the Yes, that's, that's part Whoa! of the... Deal. Wow. And I still haven't seen that yet? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think these are fake. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, another passing to report. Kristen, actress Kristen Johnson... Uh, is warning the loss of her sister Julie. Yes, I saw this, and they yeah. both fought with she. Kristen Johnson herself just had a book out about her battle with addiction. Yeah, and this unfortunately took her life, uh, her sister's life. She shared on social media. I know she's finally at peace. She had the best belly laugh in the world. Uh, the mom star had uh, been open about her own drug and alcohol abuse in a 2013 op-ed for New York Times. She wrote, it's time for addiction to stand up and demand some respect because every time someone is ostracized for being an addict, every time there's a breathless, trumped-up, sensational headline, every time we giggle at a wasted celebrity, and every time addiction is televised as salacious entertainment, yet another addict is shamed into silence. 
Do you know what her addiction was, uh, Kristen Johnson? I don't know. She... I, I believe it was alcohol and pills. Was and it stuff. pills? Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, so. But um, that's too bad. she was so she was on Third Rock from the Sun, and she was also obviously in the Austin Powers movie. She she put on a lot of weight, but I think when she did that, she got a lot happier and was not. I think a, a, lar- a large part of her uh, angst was over. Body perception. Okay. And so she's she's really funny on Mom. She's a great addition to the cast. Well, uh, All right, some happier things. Uh, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston are reuniting for Dane Cook's <laughs> Feeling Alive. No, not like that. Uh-huh. Uh, for Dane Cook's Feeling Alive, a virtual table read of the 1982 film Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh. And Sean Penn yeah. will be taking part. He's... Obviously, he's going to be Spicoli. So, is that tomorrow night? Uh, it's yeah, tomorrow. Isn't it, it is it's the August twentieth. Yeah, yep. it's yeah. a couple of times that we 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 were kind of uh, uh, complaining that we never got the advance on a lot of these things that we wanted to see. Yeah. I'm going to try to watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean Penn um, has a checkered past, to, yeah, to yeah, put yeah. it mildly, but he does a lot of really good things, and this benefits right. this uh, organization that he started called Core. It started with the earthquake in Haiti ten ten years ago, and now he's setting up all of these free testing sites for coronavirus and COVID nineteen. And he, Sean Penn it leads by example in a lot of ways, and yeah, I think it's really I, impressive. I, I've he can had be a issues bit, with. Yeah. He can be a bit of a wackadoo, yeah, but. He walks the walk. Yeah. When he says he's going to help, he gets out and he rolls up his sleeves and he actually does it. So he's like one of the few who didn't vacate the Haiti situation yeah. and has stayed yeah. there and has, has stayed uh, trying to build up businesses and stuff like that. That's really cool. Uh, the Spicoli character is so brilliant. And if you watch the um, any of the behind the scenes about the creation of the movie, how all that kind of you know stuff just sort of fell into place and that portrayal. I mean, it, he's really a secondary character. And if you remember the movie poster, he's the... He's the one character featured on the poster. That was my skull. <laughs> I w- one of the scenes I love is when <laughs> Mr. Hand goes into the class and Spicoli decides to show up yeah. and actually be a student. He's sitting there upright, yeah. all ready to go, and just yeah. he doesn't say anything. Right? He's just, just say, He's just sitting anything. there smiling. Yeah. He's just smiling. <laughs> it's visually hilarious. <laughs> But you know who knew that that uh, you know Sean Penn was who he was, well, or was going to be the the actor that he was from that goofy ass character that he played. The scene at the end with Judge Reinhold where he goes into the quickie oh. mart or whatever it is. And <laughs> Hamilton. He's, he's, he's paying and he's he's like he's reaching into his pockets and oh. trying to pull out stuff and he's like a little kid paying for something. <laughs> Used to work at oh. American Burger. <laughs> he's not playing Spicoli. No, no way. Is he yeah. playing Mr. Hand? Is ironically, he be Mr. Hand. Uh, I don't know. Um, but he says okay. um, the casting has not been revealed yet, but Sean Penn won't be playing his iconic uh, character. Steve, who, who was the actor that played Mr. Hand? Ray Walston. Oh, my God. Oh, he was great. Is oh that my, my favorite Martian guy? was my favorite Martian. God, he was so great. Yeah, he's excellent. Uh, also taking part as uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Morgan Freeman. Uh, Morgan Freeman? Maybe he'll be Mr. Hand. I don't know. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. playing Phoebe Keats' character. <laughs> I just saw your brother spanking it in the bathroom. It was very disturbing. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, Matthew McConaughey, and Julia Roberts. So, wow. Big, big names in this one. Uh, so, anyhow, yeah, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston are, uh, you know, kind of... I just lost my virginity last night. Getting back together. And... Um, so this will be taking place tomorrow night on Core's Facebook and TikTok pages. So it should be pretty cool. Wait, you know what, guys? I'm sorry. It's wow. uh, updated. It's now Friday the 21st. 
Oh, they changed it, it? it? Yeah, just now. Uh, so there's an update. Fast Times will be streaming on Friday, oh, August 21st. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, a link on PrestonandSteve.com with all the info. That'll be easier for me to watch. So there you go. I'm happy with it. Try to remember that it's on. Yes, I know, I know. Hey, um, in This Is Paris, a 39-year-old heiress, Paris Hilton, will shed light on the real person behind her party girl persona. Man, I cannot wait to miss this. I know. <laughs> me too. Uh, in a trailer, she said, something happened in my childhood that I've never talked about with anyone. Uh, she says this in the clip. Her sister Nikki says, I just heard screaming bloody murder. And then the trailer cuts to Paris talking to her mom, Kathy, who appears to be crying with her face in her hands. Uh, this is Paris will stream September 14th on YouTube. You think it'll be anything? No. Really? No. Traumatic? No. I think uh, she remember she had that, that thing that she revealed just recently that the whole persona that we know as Paris Hilton is a character that oh, she sh- created. No, shut up. <laughs> That's who you were. Own it. That's who you were. Yes, no. You were a partying, she's hardcore a partying socialite. No, she's a theoretical physicist. Oh, Jesus. All right, moving on. Uh, Kendall Jenner is fueling romance rumors yet again with Phoenix Sun shooting guard Devin Booker. I just need to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Is it legal to date anyone who's not a basketball player? It might. In their family, it might not be. No, yes. I don't know. Maybe that's the family edict. Uh, the pair were seen uh, dining at Nobu in Malibu on Is there Sunday. a yes, boo? Uh, I, yes, boo. Why it's, not? It's next door. <laughs> Nobu in Malibu. Yes, boo is in Malibu. <laughs> yeah. Next right. to Nobu. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had, apparently they, they were seen dining at Nobu in Malibu on Sunday <laughs> after flirting on IG. Wait, hang on a second. Is he... Are they not in the playoffs? Did they? Because uh, I know they missed it. They, they were because they they had a really really yeah. good bubble. They were the uh, eighth series. seed, I think, or the ninth seed, yeah. and they didn't make it to the playoffs. So well, now they, he's out. There'd be no way they could be at Nobu if right. they were not uh, if they were in it, unless they were at Yespo. Yeah, uh, and they were, and then oh, they were dessert. They were spotted Monday walking his dog. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. What kind of dog? They were first linked on. They were first linked on a road trip from L.A. to Arizona in April. Oh, we're looking at a picture case. It's uh, it's fairly big. It might be a... Looks uh, like a lab. Yeah. Uh, then they were spotted driving around L.A. on Memorial Day. Jenner is by far the most circumspect of her family. Which means she's had her foreskin removed. That's right. <laughs> Learn stuff. <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? I know. She's circumspect. I had yeah, no yeah. idea. The rabbi came over. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so anyhow, when it comes to romance, Anne has rarely addressed any rumored relationships. When the romance was first reported, a troll had tweeted out on TikTok video, uh, or a TikTok video, of three men tossing a toddler around in a circle, writing NBA players passing around Kendall Jenner. Uh-huh. So what? So Ben Simmons completely over? I guess he's over. Um, yeah. But a, a fan had defended her on that, <clears throat> that video, writing, well, maybe she's passing them around. Yeah. Oh, to which yeah. Jenner replied in a tweet of her own, they act like I'm not in full control of where I throw this cooch. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I talked That's about that. She said. <laughs> a cup, that. Where I throw <laughs> yeah. this, this cooch. Yeah, we talked about that not that long ago. Where, where she's I throw like, this I, cooch? Yeah. Yeah, she was like, I'm a... And I was like, there's no way... She actually wrote that, and as it turns out, like, now she actually did write it. 
Yes. What, you thought she was hacked or something? No, that, like, it was the same She's way I thought the fish dance party was at the uh, the royal wedding. You know, I'm like, mm, is this real or Okay, is you this thought doctor? someone else maybe put the, gave the line to her. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. Apparently, she throws that cooch wherever she wants <laughs> wherever to throw that wants. cooch, man. Hey, I, gotta I tell wonder you, if it sticks to the wall and slides down. What were those toys you used to have? Yes! Like a little octopus? And it would crawl down Wally Crawlies. What were they? Wally Crawlies. Wally Crawlies. I miss those. Those are fun. I threw one on the ceiling one time in our house. It stuck. Yeah. And it did, and it stayed there. We left it there for three years. <laughs> three years? Yeah. And when we eventually took it off, it was just this goo. Oh, and, and we God. had to, we had to paint over it and everything. So, oh man! Yeah. So maybe her cooch is like that. I don't know. <laughs> There's a scene in the Goldbergs where Murray comes in. And he's, he's furious at Adam, and he takes if he takes a, like a handful of me. He goes, "Here, you see what I think of these?" And he throws them against the wall. And he goes, "You literally played with that toy." Yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what you're supposed to do. It's like a Mylock. Yeah, or Minox. 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 What are Minox? They're an empire where he go into the gut of the big worm, and uh, he has to clean them off the side of the Millennium Falcon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I hate those things. Yeah, she's all the right. best one of all of them, right? Uh, she's. I think she's Kendall. the most attractive. I think she's the most tolerable. I mean, as me well. personally, I don't know. All right, anyhow, I have one more story. Yeah, uh, Dancing with the Stars will return to the airways on September 14th. Yeah, ABC. Uh, the show will go on Monday nights between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Uh, the network has revealed a number of changes with. Sharna Burgess and Keo Matsep returning, uh, while Britt Stewart and Daniela Kargok will get celebrity partners for the Aren't first the Kargoks time. the creatures that stick to the outside of the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> no, those are Minox. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm going to be curious to see how this um, Tyra Bankasized version of Dancing with the Stars proceeds, because the original series, which has always done well, was is more like this this glitter ballroom thing. Mm. And apparently they're sort of doing away with that. By the way, th- Steve, I think a Cargok is uh, the guy at Mos Eisley that has a face like a vagina. <laughs> yes. Uh, Your friend looks like a vagina. It's a Cargok. Like a Cargok. That's right. But yeah. he throws that Cargok wherever he chooses. That's right. <laughs> But no Tom Bergeron, right? I might he's, be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Gone. So, so yes, they're they're gone, and and uh, the other uh, the uh, the sports illust- the uh, oh. ESPN um, I'll, Aaron Andrews. 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 Yeah, yeah. they're, they're gone, gone too. And so it's going to be Chrissy Teigen is the host, right? Wait, no, Tyra yeah, Banks. Tyra, Tyra Banks. Banks. I'm, get, I'm getting my supermodels mixed. <laughs> I up. know. Yeah, Tyra Banks will be the host. So uh, ABC Entertainment President uh, Kerry Burke told Deadline, "I've seen the presentation from the Dancing with the Stars producers on how we are." Thanks. Planning to produce this show uh, post Stakes! post COVID, and while the health regulations in place because uh, they have the advantage of making it other territories, and I'm blown away by the ingenuity and the care which they are producing it. We You're are, better than that. We are bringing all. You can the, dance better than that. We are bringing all those innovations to the American broadcast. I like your bossa nova. <laughs> It is very good. Uh, she said, I am really confident in their plan. Maybe he'll be a judge. That'd be great. Sly could be a stud. <laughs> Thank you, Tango. Mm-hmm. Uh, the- I like your cash. <laughs> hey. It Tango works. Cash. Yeah. Works. Well um, they're saying that they're, you know all these different things are coming back into production. They're doing the temperature checks. They're doing the testing and so on and so right. forth. And they're moving along. So uh, no reason you can't do this show. Yep. All right. Uh, clips. Let's do them. Let's do it. Uh, the British television series We Hunt Together 
focuses on two conflicted officers as they hunt down a pair of dangerous killers. In this clip, star Hermione Corfield huh? explains why she thinks this show will resonate with people. Here we go. It's multi-led, so you've got four characters. They really have their own individual struggles going on. You know, you've got the thrill of the murder and you've got the thrill of this cat and mouse chase but there's also such a human story underpinning the whole thing each individual character is going through their own journey and discovering things about themselves and not everyone lands in the best place possible but it's a good exploration of character and resilience and internal struggle i don't i don't want to i don't think i want to see it um was she named after hermione from uh harry potter is she old enough i wonder i don't know was that a name that existed? In, yes. In, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit? Yeah, okay. It was, it, was, it was quite popular. A new episode of We Hunt Together hits Showtime Sunday at 10. I wasn't sure if J.K. Rowling had created that name or not. I'd never heard of anyone named Hermione before that. All right, here's the next clip. A police officer, drug dealer, and veteran team up to take down those responsible for the creation of a pill that grants buyers superpowers in the film Project Power. In this clip, star Jamie Foxx talks about what it was like working with film's directors, uh, Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman. I can see that these guys were hungry, and they were up against a huge challenge. This is a big undertaking, and to see the light that they had in their eyes, to see the passion that even if we had to stay on one scene for more than two or three hours, they did not let up. So I'm looking forward to working with them again next, and uh, their future is really bright. <laughs> Project Power is available to stream on Netflix now. Kind of sounds uh, the boys-ish. Yeah, right? yeah, you're right. You're uh, right. It's uh, I, well, I saw it. I watched it. It's good. It's uh, not boys-ish, but um, girls-ish. Girls, yeah, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, good point. And that is what I have in entertainment this morning. All right, let's take a break. We got a lot to get to today. Jay Okerson is going to be joining us this morning. Roy Wood uh, from the Daily Show will be on the program. Uh, we're going live on Fox Good Day. We have a secret text word. Chance for you to see uh, Steel Panther in concert in Scranton. Text word secret 39333. We'll take a break and be right back. Make sure you hang with us this morning. MMR's Saturday Night Concert Series. An hour-long concert made up of the best live performances ever captured. MMR rocks. Metallica in concert this Saturday night at 7. Jonesing for live music, and this should help. So hit the backyard, get the tailgate started, and crank up MMR every Saturday night this summer at 7. It's MMR's Saturday Night Concert Series. Sponsored by Acme Markets, official supermarket of the Preston and Steve Show. This week, Metallica. Ninety-three-three WMMR. Everything that rocks. Hey, we have a new Daily Rush video uh, at PrestonSteve.com. It's called We Lost Jimmy. It says Jimmy called in and he may have crashed his motorcycle. <laughs> I have to watch that because I don't remember that at all. <laughs> no. Uh, you can watch it now at PrestonSteve.com. Sponsored by Punchline Philly. Uh, of course, Fishtown's first comedy club restaurant and bar. So peruse the Daily Rush videos when you get an opportunity. Um, saw an article. Steve sent it over to me. And it refers to a piece of clothing known as the Zoom shirt. <laughs> which is uh, become an essential, apparently, now. The Urban Dictionary uh, describes it as a shirt or blouse that's kept on the back of your desk chair to quickly be presentable for your video conferences. Uh, so and while it, you're doing the complete cash uh, thing around the house, the time you get on your Zoom call, you have to be more uh, business presentable or whatever the situation is, so you quickly slap that on. Yep. 
and apparently it's pretty. It said uh, LinkedIn found that forty two percent of camera ready home workers own a Zoom shirt, <laughs> which That's is just hilarious. ready to go at any moment. In fact, uh, uh, there's a guy who was uh, commenting on. It. He said it allows you to retain an image of professionalism on camera without having to get kitted out in full office attire when you're sitting at your kitchen table. So all basically day. everyone has become um, news anchors like on the yeah. you know because yeah. the classic thing is they'll wear they'll wear suit stuff from above the desk and then jeans or shorts underneath. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of my girlfriends has worked from home for years and she works for like a tech company um, and she has track jackets that don't look too sporty. Right. They kind of look a little like once you zip it up it looks like oh it's a cute little sweater it could be it's <laughs> professional enough. So she ex- has it in like three colors. Experts are predicting that uh, post-pandemic, when things go back to normal, that that dress codes in general for work might have a permanent switch that takes place. I, I can kind of see this happening. People mm-hmm. are, have started to get very comfortable. The perception of, okay, does it affect uh, work output? Now, if you're in the line of work where you are constantly interfacing with people, other people, and trying to bring in clients and things like that, perhaps, but for the most part, what is what does the what is the purpose of business attire? As I'm standing here in shorts and a right. T-shirt, I know, same here. I know it's radio. It is it is for that. It's for yeah. that in person, right. uh, Making an impression. But outside of that, yeah, I mean, uh, and it's wild because our you know sales staff, which is on a, a staggered um, schedule, so we we don't see everybody on a regular basis. But from time to time, you'll see uh, staff members tri- trickle in, like Bill Burns, you know, one of our general sales managers. Um, seeing him not wearing a suit, I've gotten used to that now. Yeah, because uh, he's he's wearing button downs. Yes, and and, and, and do you is it is it hard to for employers to ask people to go back to that after you've been yeah. doing this? What was the most casual? I remember just as you were talking about this. Uh, for a while, I worked at uh, the Beetle Bookstore in the Bayshore Mall, and they had an issue with the heat in the back room. And I would work with just shorts and no shirt on. Seriously? Yeah. And the, the manager wow. said, Go, it was that oppressively hot okay. that here I am going yeah. in. Shirtless. Doing inventory. Yeah. And, and it was, and oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I get it. And it was, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. And I was the only one back there. Yeah, if you remember, our dress code kind of got relaxed around here a few years ago already. They, With us, you mean the jocks? Well, not not us. Yeah, no. Okay. Correct. I love when people look at photos of us. They're like, really, guys, flip flops to work. It's oh yeah, like, exactly. What, what of else course. No, um, the the guy stopped wearing ties a few years ago. Yes. Around here, like it already was headed that direction. So this is just going to make it easier. Yeah, and they also were able to, uh, for charity, they were able to like buy. Uh, if you spent five bucks, you could wear jeans to work. Yeah, right. it's like a casual oh, yeah, like, day mm-hmm. charity yeah. donation that you could do. So with this sort of shift, and there will be probably a lot more percentage-wise people that would continue to work from home because companies have found out they can eliminate overhead and make that happen. Um, but uh, will, will yeah. for example, will you go into a law firm or whatever, and will the dude sitting, the lawyer sitting behind the desk, will he be in a, a much more casual attire? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, there there are probably certain industries where you know the the suit and tie are going to be the mainstay, right? Especially what if your surgeon like, is wearing a t shirt and shorts, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I I personally don't care what you look like, what you're dressed up like. I, I mean, I really, really don't care. It, it does not affect me whatsoever. I I, I honestly, I this there's, is coming no... from coming from a guy who wore a tie to school for 13 years. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how or why 
um, tying a, a piece of fabric around your neck makes you look nicer. But you don't want to see somebody's like a bit more buttoned down if they're your, you know, if you're if you are you're the owner of a company and it's a multi million dollar company and don't you care. go in, you don't you don't want to see the guy who's handling your finances presented. Will that matter? And I'm just saying on a, on a general level. Yeah, I I don't listen. I could be talking out my yeah. ass. I doesn't it doesn't okay. matter to me. Well, right like now. my yeah. uh, uh, our. Um, uh, our accountant who does yeah. our taxes, he wears a Hawaiian shirt like every day of his life. Uh-huh. So I've gotten used to that. Right, right, yeah. Uh, but maybe if you don't know them and yeah, you're walking in. I think on your first, but then it also goes to like different companies, um, you know, uh, depending on what it is. Like I never, I never, I don't think I consciously judge people. They just need to be clean. Right. And put together, I'm not really judging what they're wearing. I actually did not that long ago because I'm uh, I'm starting to to shop around for a new car, and uh, I realized I was going to go buy a place to look at a car, and I was wearing one of my stupid ass t shirts that I wear to work every day. I forgot which one it was. I was wearing. I'm like, they're not stupid ass. I, they're awesome ass. Yeah, I know. I know. But I'm but I'm walking into you know a, a nice brand, uh-huh. and, and I'm like, this guy's not going to take me seriously, <laughs> did he? man. Well, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, uh, but but the next time I went, because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking everywhere, uh, I put on a nicer shirt yeah. before I went. A tuxedo shirt. A tuxedo, <laughs> yes, exactly. I wore my tuxedo well, what, t-shirt. So those old adages about, you know, about your, your address and, 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 and sending a message through that, are, are those starting to diminish, do you think? Maybe. I'm, I mean, listen, obviously, I'm if, you, if, than, if and, you go into, a, if your lawyer's wearing a mesh shirt, right. that's going to be an <laughs> that, Listen, yeah. To me, that's a little tacky. It's a little cheesy. Yeah. I mean, but if my lawyer were wearing a T-shirt, I don't necessarily know if I would care. Here's the deal. I don't like hard. Uh, all right, this, this is going to sound sexual. Please don't make this sexual, Steve. Please. All right. <laughs> I don't like tight asses. All right? And No, no. That's why you so use muscle relaxers. Because I feel, like, I feel like I'm being judged by you just as much as, you know what I mean? So, like, just by the way you, you're dressed... And the way you carry yourself, I feel like you're judging me for the way that I dress and the way I carry myself. Listen, I know there are people in this building, in this suite that work for this company that hate the fact that I am a grown man, Nick too, and we wear baseball caps. DeBella hates that. And I'm like, shut up, you old bud. Shut up. Uh, you know, it's 2020. 45-year-old men wear hats. Bro, I, you know what's what's interesting, Steve, is, is you point out. You know, you had said your financial planner. Yeah, uh, our financial planner, this guy Kevin, who I've worked with for uh, 15, 17, 18 years, however long it's been. And for the longest time, we would go to his office and meet with him. And Kevin wears a full-on sharp three-piece suit yep. tie, looks impeccable. Yep. And I come strolling in looking like this. Yes. And the whole time, not the whole time, but while I'm sitting there, I can't help but think. Aren't you uncomfortable wearing that stuff? You yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of distracting me. I'm like, why don't you loosen that up a little bit for me a little? So we we have, over the years, we've used this uh, um, MEI catering. This guy, Nick, and his, you know, they'll, they'll come out and we have big, huge, you know, my, my wife's family is huge. So a lot of times we'll cater the um, um, the, the events because there would just be too many people to cook for. Yeah. And Preston, like, will have a, a party in the summer and they'll come over and I'll always say, just wear casual. You don't need to wear the yeah. the yeah. waiter waitress uniform. Just be relaxed, be comfortable. And they're like, they insist. No, we're doing our we're doing our thing, and this is what we do. And we, we want. I guess that's a uniform. We want to so. do the presentation yeah. for you. Yeah. And, and try as I might, they will not. They will not uh, relax. But in that role, like you don't want somebody who looks grubby, like serving you. There's food a difference between grubby. Like and, so, so is there a connection to you mentally, Marissa, between? 
do you equate grubbiness with attire? Because I, I think, like, just being dirty looking yeah. and unkempt is different than yeah. wearing something well, casual. And then also you know who to ask for, for food at, yeah. if it's a party. Like, they stand out Well, they're all wearing the same not... stuff, you know, right. and that's the thing. And so that's what yeah. I hate about the um, people that dress casual is that you automatically, Marissa, you did it. You create you you equate it to being grubby, and it's like, dude, it's not grubby. Like the the, the, the t shirt that I'm wearing is clean. It's not wrinkled. It was hung up. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not grubby looking. Yeah, but the other, oh, half, God damn it. The other half of what I was going to say was then you know that they're working and you don't feel bad asking them for help or for food or for a drink or something like that. They, they are playing a role. That's so a uniform. I find yeah, it different. Exactly. Yeah. I think we're all giving ourselves way too much credit. I think we are instantly judgy of people and then we'll take the time to get to know them a little bit and recognize whether or not. But I, I've seen it time and time again. When we see somebody, when we interact with somebody... We pass judgment on what they're wearing, and um, and and then we can change our judgment on those people. But I, I, I've seen all of us do it, and I don't think it's. I think it's a human. No, it, I think it it's does. Human nature. It I, does I think happen. You see somebody, and you have this in, instant image in your mind of. I don't know if I trust this person if they're not wearing a certain thing or presented a certain way. Let's uh, keep in mind though, some people like getting dressed up for work. They like sure. they like to put on that uh, that snappy suit yeah. and look really but think r- about, look like, snazzy. How important? How important? <laughs> I mean, I think like when we there are certain things that require. To me, the greatest invention is the sports coat, sports jacket, because yeah. you can you wear a t shirt. You're somewhere between. Uh-huh. Look. I put this over my shoulders and yeah. put my arms into it. <laughs> I'm now dressed up. Right. I spent half of my teenage years reading magazines about how to make an outfit go from day to night. I thought I'd be dressing up for work and then you'd ha- you'd throw some heels in your bag, some kitten heels, and then you could dress it up for the evening so you and could go be a, to a happy hit in hour. the boardroom and the bedroom. Exactly, right. yeah. Steve. That's love, not happening. I'm a kitten heels fan. <laughs> With your kitten heels. What the hell are kitten heels? They're made from actual kittens. Uh, yes. they're, okay. they're first they're ground up kitten bones. <laughs> Wait, what are, what are kitten Kitten heels, heels are like the short heels. So, like low rise. Yeah. So okay. like you would wear kitten heels to work, and then you'd ho- you'd wear your stilettos to happy hour afterwards. Okay. Uh-huh. By the way, Marissa can walk on her tiptoes. It's unbelievable. She wears these big ass heels. She shows up at functions like if we're doing appearances when we'll eventually we get back to them, and she's suddenly six one. Well, well, she stands on her tippy toes. I don't know yeah. if you guys have noticed. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hang on, I want to go to some calls. I have Danielle. Danielle, good morning. Good morning. Hey, how what's up? Hey, how you doing? I work at a hospital, and when COVID started, they had enacted a dress code to, like, boost morale where everybody could wear jeans. And the head of HR just released a new permanent dress code that jeans are allowed as long as they're not ripped and torn okay. for everybody. So, okay. like, nurses, everybody in the hospital, huh. as well as changing, like... It's always been natural hair color only, no fun colors, no visible tattoos, no facial piercings, so no eyebrows, no nose rings, and that's all changed. Wow, and, do okay. you, and that's a, as a direct result, you think, of all the, uh, the COVID stuff? I think that's part of it, um, but I know that there have been some higher-up people in the company who have, like, visible tattoos. Yeah. And kind of are like, you know, what is the point of telling younger generations of people you can't have visible tattoos when they're coming into the workforce with tattoos on their you know forearms and 
wrists and stuff like that. Yeah, so. you can't hold hey, it back. By the way, they're allowing yeah. jeans. Are, are people going from scrubs to jeans? Because scrubs are like pajama pants, man. That's like ultimate relaxation. I know. I mean, I haven't worn jeans, um, but some of the like unit secretaries oh. do wear jeans instead of scrubs. Yep. Um, and some of the other techs that I work with um, who are like helping out with stuff, they'll wear jeans instead of scrubs. Some of the guys, especially. Okay. Um, you don't need don't no scrubs. scrubs. No. <laughs> good throwback. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Danielle. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. It, it's definitely bred in people from a younger age, too, if you're trying <clears throat> excuse me, to get a job. Because I had an intern come to me once. She'd worked here for, like, worked with us for maybe a month or two months and sees how we dress every day. And she, she asked, she's like, do you mind if I put my lip ring in? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh my goodness, of course! Like, yeah. be yourself. Well, f- like, this well, is the place to shine." I remember when I was uh, when I was in broadcasting school. One mm-hmm. one of the one of the tips was make sure you're clean shaven. Oh. <laughs> when you, when you go in, when you go in for an interview, yes, are you oh. clean shaven mm-hmm. as well? So that's yeah. Forget it now. And grow a large handlebar mustache. <laughs> right. uh, it's it's funny because um, we will see interns when they're coming here, um, uh, you know, initially for their interview, and they come in all buttoned down. Oh yeah. And we are. I'm. I'm you're here in <laughs> in some movie reference shirt. I've got Batman on shorts, and it's like you can relax. But with that, yeah, with that, when when Marissa does introduce the the people that are, that are coming that are potential interns, and I see somebody who has gone to the effort, and I'm it, like, okay, I agree, they're taking it seriously. I hear you, yes, and, and yeah, you know, so it is. It, it you're you're kind of we're kind of on both sides of the issue because yeah, yeah like I would I wouldn't want a firefighter coming to my home in a Hawaiian shirt. You know, you they, 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 and I know that's a uniform, but there are certain things that telegraph things to us. And, um, yeah, that does show you're committed to wanting to get this internship. Uh, let me go to Joe S. Hi, uh, Joe, you're on the air. Good morning. How are we doing, guys? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. What's up, bud? Um, so I work in college admissions for a fairly large public university, and we changed our uh, code, uh, dress code. Uh, we used to have to go out with suits on and, and everything else. Um, and I had a, a colleague in my office who really used to dress up, Preston, like you were talking about with, your financial planner, and I kind of made a similar comment to him, like, dude, aren't you stuffy? Like, don't you feel a little kind of, like, overdressed? And he's like, no, I'm good. But, you know, he was a sharp dresser. But out in the field, when we're talking to students at college fairs or talking to parents, um, we actually had an incident where we learned later on through an email that a student didn't apply to our school because they felt that they couldn't get in based upon how we were representing the school with our attire. Okay. Um, And I, I was totally, I was like, yeah, I mean, I prefer to wear a polo because if I'm talking to a 17, 18, 19-year-old student, like, this should be a fun process and a fun time in their life. Like, why should I have to feel like I'm, I'm imposing something on, on somebody who's wanting to engage with me? I, well, that makes sense. I mean, you, you dress to the people you're trying to dress to impress, as they say. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and, and that makes sense. If, you, if it seems like, I don't know, as Casey was saying, too, like a you know, a tight ass. Uh, like I'm, I don't think I'm going to be at home here. That can be an issue. But yeah. on the other side, you do see, I guess, how some people see something and immediately say, "Okay, they cared enough to present themselves and get done yeah. up for mm-hmm. me." So here's the deal: I have seen all Thanks, all walks of professionals. Uh, so uh, backstage, so to speak, right? Yeah. So I went to college, and so now, as a result, I have friends that are now surgeons that are now lawyers, right? And so, but and I, I've seen you. 
I've seen you before you hit the stage, so I know what you're really like. So right. you don't have, for me personally, you don't have to put on this whole dog and pony show in order to impress me. All right, so just show me your work, and 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 it's all and it's all gravy after that, right? The only way that I would ever want to wear like a three piece suit, yeah. You ever seen? You've seen the movie La La Land? Yes. At the end of the movie, Ryan Gosling is wearing a suit. If I could pull it off looking like him, yeah. I'd want to wear a suit like that. I'm like, look at that <laughs> well, shark. Dude. Well, I always yeah, first saw step. it also for like for like Bond, James Bond, which you're like he, in Doctor No, he's on the beach a lot in Jamaica wearing a suit, right? <laughs> and, and, and I don't like. But you know what? Bond makes it work. Yeah. Well, yeah step yeah. one, look like Daniel Craig or Ryan Gosling. Right. Yeah. Step yeah. two, put on the suit. There you go. And I, so, so I will never put on a suit. Right. <laughs> I, when I put on a suit, I look like Kingpin every time. Yeah. Now, Press, yeah. you you have like you have a great body, bro. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus. I've waited. Uh, 22 years to hear you say <laughs> no, that. And I want to harken back to what I said about tight ass. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no. You have a, uh, you got a nice frame and you look, you look good in so. a suit. I, yeah, I don't, I don't look good in a suit. So maybe ha- uh, some of these things that I'm talking about today uh, is because of my own personal hangups on how I feel and I, uh, and I look in a suit. Because I agree with you. When I see somebody who can pull it off, I'm like, yeah, they look good. Well, it's like when Homer, when yeah. Homer, remember when Homer... <laughs> <laughs> put on all that weight so he could work from a home. Movie. He could wear a movie. Movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is the best. Uh, hang on. Let me go to Bill. Hey, Bill, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, guys? Rantlers. 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 What's Rantlers up, you, buddy? Uh, so I work in New York City as a doorman, and our uh, oh. our dress is a vest and tie. So I've had a few different directors over the last eight years, and we had one guy. Uh, it was 85 degrees. It was humid as hell. And I came up from the locker room with no tie but the vest and everything else. And he goes, where's your tie? I said, it's 85 degrees out. He goes, well, you know it's got to be a minimum of 83 degrees to be able to take off your tie. So why don't you do me a favor and put that back on, and I'm going to go check. So being a smart ass, so he went and checked, and he goes, okay, you're good. You can take your tie off. Uh, It it was just like, dude, don't be such a ball buster. Like, it was really just, you know, that humidity in that city was rough. Yeah, sometimes if you have an oppressive, well, it's like what I was saying with it, with the caterers, you know, the house and it's it's hot and all that stuff to just relax. But some people insist on that presentation. Bill, some some door guys also have to wear like a a longer jacket and gloves and a hat and all that stuff. You see the, I see it a lot, the classic doormen and they still have like the velvet jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With oh. like, I want to call it the Shriner hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they give us hats. We get Stetsons in the winter, and we get kind of like a straw type hat in the summer. But there's days where some of the guys are like, "Bill, why are you wearing your hat?" I'm like, "Cause it looks good. It's part of the uniform." They're like, "You're kill- you're making. They're gonna make us all wear it." I'm like, <laughs> "They don't care." You they, wear a Stetson have- in the winter. That's pretty cool. As a doorman, I, well, they it's I I formed my steps and it looked like a cowboy hat. So they're okay. like, hey, who's the cowboy doorman? <laughs> but we've had we've had managers who literally said, okay, you can take your vest off because it's 102 degrees. And I'd, you know, I'd have my dress white shirt, my black pleat pants, my dress shoes, and I'd have suspenders. And it's, hey, that guy is a bellman. He's got a name tag. He looks the part. Some guys are just so, so damn rigid. I mean, they'd have you in like a aluminum suit before they let you relax. Yeah, um, I, I get it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate All it. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, but, yep. <clears throat> when I watch movies uh, set in or filmed in the, the 40s or 50s, I'm a little jealous of the men wearing hats as, as fashion. You know, I, I thought there, <clears throat> there was something like um, classy about that, you know, and now you kind of 
I don't know if you look pretentious because some guys can pull it off better than others. But like, I, I thought that that was a, a, a sharp look for dudes. I bought a hat when we were in Florida. I'm like, I'm gonna wear my, I'm gonna wear a yeah? hat, like a fedora. Yeah. And and how did you feel wearing it? I I felt a little old. <laughs> I felt a little old, but I wanted to. I also wanted to feel. I'll kinda, ask this gentleman. Where's the cracker barrel? I know. <laughs> I felt a little old looking at, but I'm like, I also wanted to feel kind of islandy, so yeah. I, I bought okay. this this uh, Tommy Bahama. <laughs> Sure. Hat. And uh, and I haven't put it on since. That's it's, my, it's my island hat. Yeah, and you buy it once, and then you look at it, and then you, you, you feel, you get self-conscious about it, because it's you'd be the only one, where, like, if you wore that hat to work today, the you'd, first thing you'd hear is something from Steve. <laughs> yeah. I thought about, I thought about, this is, I, I, my shoulder's been bad, I haven't played golf in over a year, but I thought about getting, like, a Sam Snead, yeah. you know, hat to play golf in, That'd but I'm like, cool. I'm not going to look like the douchebag in the hat out yeah. there. Get those huge visor hats that the, 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 oh. the, the golf women wear. They, yes. It, it looks like they're, they're this enormous duck hybrid. Those are horrible. My cousin wears uh, those types of hats, and he looks good in them, right? Okay. It, like the full brim hat. It had, it's not a fedora, but, and so, and I come, I'm like, yeah, you look, and so he got me one for my birthday a couple of years ago, and it's a nice hat. I, my face and my head are just too fat for it, <laughs> right? So it just doesn't look right on me. I, got, I'm One of these days, I'll, you know, maybe I'll be skinny enough to wear it and, and pull it off. But I don't right think you now, give yourself enough credit, because I've seen you dressed... In, in a sharp way, and you look good. You really yeah. do. And like when uh, Dressing Jane came in and dressed you up for something that we did a few years ago. Oh, yeah, I hated that. You looked good. You, you did really look did. Good. Yeah. You know what would suit you? Viking helmet. Yes, <laughs> I have yeah. one. You um, do? Yeah, no. Okay. For that flavor, flavor look. Yeah. No, but I have my giant straw hat that I love wearing down the beach. I, you know, I wish I could wear that all the time. It's huge. It is. Can you put some lotion on my back? <laughs> Uh, let me go to Dell. Hey, Dell, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, I, I, I tell the story all the time. I'm a, a teacher here in New Jersey, and um, I was li- going to school down in Florida, and I'm driving by the Fort Lauderdale Yankees. Back then, the Yankees had spring training down in Fort Lauderdale. I saw a big sign that said, Help Wanted. I figured I'd go in and get a, you know get an application, fill it out. And I'm talking to the guy. I had my you know khaki pants on and like a T-shirt. And the guy looks me in the face and said, listen, if you think you're ever going to work with the Yankees dressed like this for, you know, for a job, you know, you got to, you know, dress up a little bit. You know, um, I was like, okay. So I took the application, filled it out. And then I showed up the next day because um, they called me like right away uh, to come in for the interview. And um, obviously uh, I was pretty excited about being with the Yankees and doing stuff, but the guy looked me in the face and said, listen, for in the future, you can't show up like you did yesterday uh, the way you did looking for a job. I said, well, I just figured I'd get the application. And uh, basically, I didn't get the job, but that guy actually turned out to be Brian Cashman, now the general manager for the Yankees. Yeah, uh, and the, the Yankees, no, they were notorious for, like, dress code, and, and Steinbrenner led from the top down, and, like, you couldn't have facial hair. They, there were all yeah. sorts of protocol with but that you know organization. What? Dell's got a point there. If you're going to show up just to get an application, even though it... Yeah. Even though most likely it's probably a receptionist or something like yeah, that yeah. you're going to get it from, you may right. encounter an executive, and, and if you're serious about it, you should probably, you know, wear dress, a sombrero. Dress, wear a sombrero. <laughs> Stand out for crying yeah. out loud. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was pretty shocked. I was pretty shocked by it, and uh, you know, I, but you know, it wasn't until about two or three years later, as he as he climbed up the chain, I realized who that guy was because yeah. I remember I kind of learned a little bit of a lesson that day, and I, I you know. So I, I think that it was pretty interesting, but 
I'm still a Yankee fan, but I'm definitely not a Brian Cashman fan. Yeah, I'm not. I'm sorry to hear about all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thank you, Dell. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it would seem contrary that just going to get the application that. I can just stroll in and get this, but it's... Got any unfor- jobs or something? Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. it's something you should consider. Could Real I quick. be a pitcher? In this article, the, the style director of Esquire magazine, Charlie Teasdale, says, I think it's safe to say that dress codes have been gradually relaxing for some time now. He said the recent benchmark seems to be uh, the shifting attitude <clears throat> Excuse me, of financial institutions which have all got rid of suits and ties for most employees. That's wild. He said last year Goldman Sachs relaxed their dress code asking staff to exercise, quote, good judgment in what they wore. Uh, Well, a 2018 poll found that only one in ten people still wore suits to work. Mm. Another factor is the rise of shared office spaces where companies shared hot desk areas, and this means that attitudes to the workplace and workwear are becoming more casual. And then the Zoom... The whole, you know, the the pandemic issue is is relaxing it even more. So if you've been all, you know, butthurt about having to wear a suit all the time, it might be loosening up a little bit. Yeah, it seems so, to be so, that way. It'd be good news for you. So anyway, all right. Thanks for the calls. Appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. Come back in a second. Uh, we'll see how we're looking. Are we dressed up for TV? No. We're doing that in a moment. Mm-hmm. Of course not. We're going to go live on Fox. Good day. Big J Ogerson on the show and more. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. All right, we're going to go live on uh, Fox Good Day in a little bit. Reminder, uh, day after tomorrow is our blood drive. Yes, it is. Uh, so the I Believe for Preston and Steve blood drive is happening in three different locations. You can go to WMMR.com to get all the details, sign up, uh, because the deadline will be very, very soon, and we want to get as many people as we possibly can. I hear sign-ups are looking good, so That's I'm happy to hear that. Wonderful. Yeah. And we're going to be dropping by various locations to just check in and say hi. Obviously, we can't be Correct. from beginning to the end the way we normally are. Yeah, it's a little bit different, obviously, this year on a couple different levels, so get signed up. Music means we're going on Fox. Good day. Short shots. Apparently, Preston and Steve... Us guys are wearing short shorts. Okay, you know, over the last 10 years or so, 10, 15 years, we've been wearing our shorts around maybe just above the knee or something like that. Now they're saying maybe just five inches, five inch inseam. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, you know, it's. I, listen, I do. I do think that uh, that shorts have gotten too long for a while, hanging down, you know, knee level and so on. But. If you ever see someone, if you see old footage of guys wearing what used to be called basketball shorts, like back in the 70s. It looks so weird. It looks ridiculous. Besides that, well, with me, that still gives me three inches of clearance. So uh, I'm (laughs) pretty good. No, no. He's right. I mean, I was watching. You watch any old shows. Look at, remember Magnum P.I.? Remember the shorts he used to wear? It just looks weird. I like basketball shorts that kind of go... Down a little bit below the knee. The ones that, that yeah, the more current ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not I'm, the old, I'm cool not the old style. I, listen, I, I, have, I have okay legs. I'm okay. They're gorgeous. Are you yeah, kidding me? You. you know, <laughs> yes. Preston was a foot model. He actually took a few <laughs> photographs. <laughs> the legs do make a difference, guys. I'm just saying, you, you know, uh, Alex, as a woman. You, you appreciate legs on a man? I do appreciate because we notice when we see chicken legs. We notice. Oh. Okay, so that's a, that's a big mistake guys make when they work out. They they bypass the legs. That's a that's a thing, mm-hmm. and you can't that's have chicken leg legs. Right, it's take leg day. I, I have never <laughs> once thought about my legs as being something appealing to. I do every day. I hear that a lot from women. Really? Well, if you're going to wear shorts, I mean, and we're looking, we're going to look at your legs. But that, but women find men's legs attractive. 
How? I don't notice when they're not. <laughs> I don't. I never feel unless I'm wearing pantyhose. I don't think my legs yeah. look good. <laughs> what about hairy legs? What about that, Alex? Mm, I don't I mean, think I mind that. I mean, I, I, I guess I expect hair, but I know there's okay. manscaping now. That's right. Well, not so. minding doesn't mean liking. So, um, you know. You, <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. I mean, who likes? I mean, I don't is there really that. a thing to be like, I'm into hair? <laughs> Alex, do you have a problem with cargo shorts? Ooh. Are you going fishing or? <laughs> <laughs> See, there uh, lies no, the issue. No, I don't have a problem. I love pockets. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because they're convenient for dudes. And listen, I'm 45. I don't care. I like wearing cargo shorts, but you get trouble in trouble with some women for wearing them. I wear them every yeah. day. I put stuff in those do pockets. Do you? Yes. I do. <laughs> Absolutely. I put all kinds of stuff in those pockets. I can't Nowadays, stand the pockets. I put full. my glasses. I put my masks. I oh, put yeah. my, it's you know, like all that your stuff. Your man bag, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, totally. I have, a, I have a, an entirely different definition of that. But, but yeah, no, no. The, yeah. Uh, the, where the little coin thing is, and the, that, I just use that for my snuff, and that's it. Yeah. I don't do anything else. <laughs> my snuff. Oh, my gosh. Now, what the man bag would be close to the, your man oh, bag. Is, right. Um, right. Yeah. Did I say is Kathy wrong? there man today? Yeah, we're no. ladies. Marissa is. Marissa's here. Hi, Hi, guys. Um, I'll take legs. Yeah, I'll take cargo shorts over jean shorts. Okay, that's like long jean shorts on a guy. I'll say that much. But yeah, I definitely hair. Um, you like hair? Uh, sure, it's, uh, like hair doesn't bother me. No, it's no, manly. Nobody's sounding crazy for hairy legs on a guy. <laughs> no, but nice calves you definitely notice. You know what Marissa likes? Yes, she, she, calves. Li- she likes the V thing, at, at, right? That what, what do you describe it as? The, 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 the below the, the abdominals that, that points oh, down. Yeah, the V. Like yeah. that Brad Pitt, like those muscles right above uh, his waist. The arrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't wear your shorts really low to get that to be seen, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen do that, girl? <laughs> do you remember in the, in, in the 70s, some dudes would wear half shorts? Shirts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, absolutely. Oh god. That was a yes. ridiculous look. So now we have to pay attention to our legs, is what you're saying, right? So now we gotta. <laughs> well, another thing too, the guys. We've been doing this for years, not wearing socks, even with a suit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes go sockless. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. you're the Wolf of Wall Street, you do that. But I yeah. Not, not, I, I wear socks. I gotta wear the socks. And if, but if you do show off your ankles, make sure you lotion because we notice. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Lotion in my ankles. You guys have Alex. to pay attention because we are paying attention. We don't have to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, please. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Take care, guys. Bye. We'll see you later. Lotion your ankles. Shut up. <laughs> I would never lotion my legs. My uh-huh. legs are so uh, uh, like just cut up and and from all the hiking, mm-hmm. I have I have scars that have never gone away. It's like Wolverine scratch marks on my legs that have right. never gone away. I know that my psoriasis turns ladies on. Oh, like nobody's <laughs> business. Oh my patches God. on my f- legs. Women Ugh. love to run their Oof. fingers around the circles of my vitiligo. <laughs> <laughs> Preston, you swapped up your sock game a few years ago, and I that's did. noticeable. Angela Perfetto. She uh, yeah. she told me she hated white socks. Said so they they stand out. And I noticed it after that. I'm like, you know what? You're right. And now I notice white socks. I wear only black socks, but I tried to wear them very very low, or I go sockless. I I've gotten used to not wearing socks. It. Yeah, yeah, because I end up getting the blisters on the back of my heels. It, so it all depends on the shoes. Yep. So if you... I, have, I have shoes that that lend themselves to to going without socks, I, I get these Skechers, these little slip on shoes, and they're great. Well, that short shorts look used to go with the white socks pulled. All the yes. way up. Do you yep. remember that? So yeah, if, you, if you watch, remember totally. that movie, Can't Stop the Music? I guess it was. God. Yeah. So the, it was the, the, the village people. Village people. Yeah. Bruce Jenner at the time is in it. And Steve Gutenberg making every bad fashion choice of that time period. Mm-hmm. The short shorts, the socks up high, the half shirts. I have pictures of me as a kid with socks pulled all the way up to my knees. Yeah. 
It's like number five in the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> yes. You know, all the way up to my knees. Well, the Sox are back. The White Sox are back. There's a... Photo of Dave Grohl. I always think of where he's wearing like Airwalks and like the tube socks pulled all the way up. But now you can wear like the um, the cool graphic socks that are out. Mm -hmm. Um, You can wear those pulled up. But then you you need the athletic socks that have like three colored stripes. Stripes. (laughs) Show you're serious. Mm -hmm. I'm a professional tennis player. Exactly. All right. Interesting, gentlemen. The legs apparently they're important now. Mm. So you have been warned. Uh, we're going to do the Bizarre File. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you by Burke Brothers Landscaping. They have an immediate need for an experienced hardscape foreman uh, who wants to earn a competitive salary and work with the award-winning landscape design and build firms. So if you want more information, you can go to burkebrothers.com. We'll start with this story. The Federal Aviation Administration investigating the circumstances of an incident that unfolded near Cottonwood Airport in Rockford, Illinois, during which a small plane overshot the runway, ended up skidding into a road, and then a sedan drove up onto the wing. Holy crap. Yeah. That's like a Hal Needham stunt. Uh, Deputies responded to the scene after the single-engine Agura experimental aircraft plowed through a fence and skidded into the street. The pilot of the plane, James Siebel, who is 79 years old, by the way, said that he was forced to make an emergency landing after his engine quit shortly into the flight. Once on the road, a Chevy Impala that had no time to react drove onto the wing. Oh, my God. Police said the driver of the car was then transported to a local hospital and uh, no life-threatening injuries uh, were reported, thank goodness. It's kind of a miracle. A Florida woman opened up the port hatch of her boat and proceeded to urinate on her husband who was asleep in the bed below. She's a Florida woman, all right. Florida woman. According to investigators, Heather Smith and her spouse early in the morning got into a verbal altercation while on the cabin cruiser at sea near a small island at about 10 or 10 miles that were, uh, I'm sorry, they were about 10 miles northwest of Clearwater. So they knew what, so she knew what that was. Oh, she, yeah, she yeah. didn't think it was oh, the she head. did it on purpose. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so around 1 a.m. Sunday, cops say the 47-year-old victim was snoozing when Smith opened the front port hatch which is located in the roof of the interior cabin bedroom. <laughs> Smith then urinated on the victim from above. When Smith's husband subsequently exited the cabin area, she allegedly bit him on the stomach. What the hell? The victim, cops reported, had injuries. Been a great day. That matched <laughs> the story. When questioned by police, Smith reportedly admitted to biting and urinating on the victim. Ha ha, you just bit your own piss. Uh, Smith was arrested for domestic battery and booked into the county jail around 4.40 in the morning. She was released on her own recognizance through a judge, uh, though a judge did order her to be outfitted with an alcohol monitor after that. Yeah. How about this? A man helped change a tire late Saturday and then stole the stranded driver's money and cell phone at gunpoint. Not cool. That's not how you do it. No. You Um, make up the story and you start a GoFundMe campaign. That, yeah. (laughs) We've learned how you do it. A man and a woman told police that a man stopped to help them at about 11.15 p.m. and changed their tire as two other men watched. When the man who changed the tire asked to be paid for helping... The victim pulled out his wallet, and that's when the man pulled out a gun, took his money and his phone. (laughs) (laughs) The dude was going to pay him. Yeah. No other details were released. Police in Trustville, Alabama, are searching for a woman who decided to drive her car into the Home Depot inside, 
then got out and stole merchandise before fleeing the scene. She and drove then just packed right out. Into. Now, I don't or know did if she, she drive through the other side. I don't think she left. I'm not sure how she left. Where's plumbing? Uh, the chaotic footage of her driving into the store has gone viral on social media. And police are asking anyone with information to please contact them. Alabama! Uh, your bumper sticker can't save you from getting into trouble with the police. And uh, it turned out that police in Ironbridge, uh, United Kingdom, said a driver with a bumper sticker that read, I'm not drunk, just avoiding potholes, crashed into a roadside billboard after driving with one wheel missing. And they were indeed drunk. There was a dude driving down near me. I don't. He. I guess he was just determined to just get home. He had. He was driving on the rim. Oh my Dri- god! And he, you could hear him coming from like I'm almost a mu- there. Yeah, I can do this. Oh my god! Police <laughs> tweeted about the issue, writing, "We eventually found the missing wheel. It was a mile away." Uh, the man was arrested and charged with drunk driving. There's my my brother and I driving into a Sixers game one time, and these people were all like. Waving at us, and we're we're thinking, yeah, go Sixers. <laughs> no, his bumper had fallen off the front of his car and was being drugged underneath the car. And who knows how long we've been driving like that? We're like, yeah, go Sixers. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a time. Okay, I'm, I'll, I'll tell a story now. We'll, we'll wrap right, up the bizarre file. All right, no, we'll wrap it up because right, I'll, I'll tell a story. I was. Um, Driving back, our band had played a gig, so it's like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. And at the time, it was where we had our bus. We had a little trailer that we had to pull, and I, I drew the short straw. I'd drive the damn yeah. trailer back. So I'm driving it back, and at some point, the trailer, which had multiple wheels on it, one of them went flat, and I'm like, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. Oh, no. I'm like, I'm a few miles from home. I can make it. There's no way I'm pulling over on the side of the road and changing this thing at 3 o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, I start hearing... And it's on the rim. Oh. Tired, disintegrated. Oh, man. And it was on the left side. So when I got to my neighborhood, I go, all right, if I turn, it's going to make all this noise, and my parents are going to hear it, and they're going to wake up. Because I was still living at home. Sure, I, was yeah. old, I was like you know, 20 years old. And so I had to drive all all the way around the neighborhood because I would have been making a right turn to go around. They would have heard it, and it would have kept the it would have kept the rim off if I kept turning right. It kept the rim off of the ground. So, so I drove all the way around the neighborhood and eventually parked it in front of my house. And it was you know the rim was all worn down and stuff. Oh, you f up the rim, and you're looking at much more uh, repair cost. And I'm sure part of the, I'm sure I had a couple of beers or whatever. I was an idiot at that age. My friend comedian uh, Joey Cola, he was driving. He was driving back from doing gigs in, in Florida, and he's driving down 95, and he doesn't know his... But he he, had, he was always, like, conspiracy kind of guy, and, uh-huh. and like, you know, you're being surveilled. And so if his tire went flat, unbeknownst to him, as he's driving along, he's going, and he's, he's looking out the window oh of the my car. God. I'm being followed by a helicopter. <laughs> and it was his tire. <laughs> a helicopter's following me. Oh, my God. Because it's at night. He's sure he's under surveillance. Oh, that's classic. Wow. All right. And uh, that's why I have the bizarre file. More stories to come a little bit later on. Uh, keep in mind, we have a secret text word today. It's your chance to see Steel Panther. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're going to be in the area. Um, they'll be in Scranton, actually. It's as close as they're getting for now. But they're doing a drive-in show at the uh, Circle Drive-In Theater. Uh, and it's September 12th. And it's a Saturday, which is great. So text word secret to 39333, and we'll send a word back to you, and we'll see if you can call in with that word later on. 
And uh, we will uh, give the designated caller tickets to that show. And it's good for four people, uh, Carlo, like uh, the Strut Show. Yes, excellent. So uh, do that now. And we'll also grab her and text her and give away a prize in that way, too. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. Joining us a little bit later on, Big Jay Okerson on the show. Roy Wood from The Daily Show. Uh, Pat Finnerty, the guy that got Dave Grohl to check in with him on Instagram Live, will be joining us. He's a Philly guy. Uh, so we got a, guy, a bunch to get to. Make sure you stay with us. We'll be right back. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Are you ready for love and ready to get engaged? Then visit Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut is now open for appointments only. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com to book your appointment today. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Nick, you want to do do a what a shout out or shout something? Out, yeah. What are you doing for my brother Adam and uh, his wife Jenny, my sister in law? They had a baby girl Aww. last week, and so I want to congratulate Yay. them. Um, but uh, baby Sandra Jane, they're calling her baby Janie. But Preston, uh, two interesting facts: they did something that you and your wife did. Uh, they did not find out the sex of the baby. They had had two boys prior, right. and um, baby Janie is the first McElwain girl born in I think. Five generations, and the only the second in wow. eight or nine generations. Yeah, I'm one of three brothers. Uh, I have a son. My brothers all have kids. My dad had a brother, and so she's the first. So they were 100 percent surprised. And uh, in I fact, we, lo- I know it, exactly what that feels like. Exactly. And so um, when when the baby was born, Jenny, my sister in law, looked at the baby and looked at the mid- the uh, the midwife and said, uh, "Can I please hold my baby boy?" Yeah. And the midwife said, "Well, hang on a second. I <laughs> uh, just want to let you guys know that it's that it's a baby girl." And so Adam was completely shocked, and and my parents are thrilled. Beyond my mom and dad, finally have a granddaughter. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. So it's it's a really cool story, and I just wanted to publicly congratulate Adam and Jenny. <laughs> On the baby uh, being born. That's very cool. And we yeah. were in the same scenario. We had two boys. Yep. And we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna wait and see what we get. And when she came out, we were like, it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> we were freaking out. It yeah. was so cool. Well, uh, that's cool. I'm, I'm I'm very very happy for them. Uh, real quick, I'd like to do a shout out on the heels of that. This is from uh, Sh- uh, Shana. I think is how you say her name. Uh, Shana does not really listen to the Preston and Steve show, but she reached out to us. Uh, for um, a coworker who does, she says, uh, "I got a new position at my work, and my uh, the wonderful woman is training me. And uh, she would have the your app running on her phone as we train and would talk about her husband. Legitimately gets jealous <laughs> about her love for you guys. I like that. Uh, Stacy Stanley is her name, and unfortunately, she lost her father unexpectedly this past week. I lost my dad four and a half years ago. My heart breaks for her." Of course, we're going through the normal channels of sending her flowers, but I thought she would really be picked up if she heard uh, some sort of a shout-out as she listens every morning. She's a huge fan, goes to all the MMRBQs every year. Uh, please help me uh, by bringing a smile to her for her face. It would be appreciated. Uh, thanks again, and that is from uh, Shana Curing. So, you want to give you a cranking one here? Oh, Chris? you want to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we could do that. Hang on a second. And... Yeah! And you know what? I, I realized I missed a, a birthday from someone. Uh, this is, hey, my wife of uh, 42 years, Sheila, is having her 69th birthday on August 9th. So we're 10 days late on that. 
Uh, and every, and I mean every morning, she gets up at 7 a.m. to listen to you guys on MMR. Wow. And reports the day's stories, et cetera, to me when I finally get up. Is there any way you give her a shout-out on her birthday? Uh, would mean the world and freak her out more than just a little. Thank you so much in advance. And that's from Al Weinhardt. So there you go. And happy birthday. All right. Um, I think it's time to stroll the campus. We haven't done this in a little while. The Justin Institute. The Justin Institute. Located over 200 sprawling acres in West Virginia on the fi- site of a former brazier factory. Oh, wow. Wow. A former... <laughs> Brazier factory. All right. Yes, you always learn things about the Just Saying Institute. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we, we go into areas of study and science and so Insignifica. on. Insignifica. And, and Insignifica when we're at the Just Saying Institute. And uh, we'll start with this, being a morning person. You mean someone who's in mourning? No, someone who gets up early oh. and likes to be up. That's their time of day. You might be under the impression that being an early bird is related only to willpower and persistence. But research shows that when you prefer to rise, it is a matter of biology. Nearly half of your chronotype or your internal body clock is inherited. Mm. So if you're a morning person, most likely you get it just from genetically. Would you consider yourself, all right, so if you were, if you didn't have this job that's conditioned you to wake up early, what would be your normal wake-up time? Uh, an hour after the alarm goes off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm not a morning person. I have become a morning person out of necessity. Yes. And on the weekends, I like to. I do like to get up. I, I don't mind being first up. Um, it's kind of nice. It's quiet. You I'm always start your day that um, way. Yeah, on the weekend too. You gotta go early. Uh, but it says most people have a, a circadian rhythm or a biological clock that runs on a 24.2 hour cycle. But some people have internal clocks that run longer than that, meaning that over time, they naturally fall asleep later and get up later. And it's important to remember that studies show that early birds tend to be more persistent, self-important to remember. Wait, no, self-directed. I'm sorry about that. Not self-important. Self-pleasuring. And self-pleasuring. Self-directed and to be better planners. Huh. But they also show that night owls perform better on memory tests, have better processing speed, cognitive ability, and they also tend to be more creative and a little bit more financially successful. Yes, yes, and yes. All all in your (laughs) Um, ticking all those, huh? Preston, what time on the weekends when your alarm does not go off Mm -hmm. do you just naturally get out of bed? Around 8. Okay. Yeah, about that time. All right. Between 7.30 and 8, something like that. How about you? Uh, Well, so it depends. Generally speaking, when I don't have to get up Is there cartoons? Yeah, no, I just... um, I end I end up going to bed later, so as a result, I wake up later. But like this weekend, I got up, you know, with an alarm clock on Sunday at eight, and then Monday when I woke up, it was like nine something, you know, oh, wow. nine fifteen. Yeah, I'd have a I would have had to have hit the bottle pretty hard uh, yeah. in order to sleep to nine. So I wake up naturally. On the weekends, I will wake up at around three forty-five, <laughs> and then insane. I, and then I go back to sleep. Okay. Wow. My internal right. clock is is so structured. And in fact, I had one of those times where um, I woke up and then went back to sleep, and I had to wake up, and I was in a panic. I, Alexa, what day is it? Yeah. Uh, well, it's Saturday. What time Thank is your, you. What time does your body make you get out of bed then? Um. Uh, so when I. Like during the week? No, 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 no. On, on the weekend, on Saturday, on the weekend. about seven o'clock. Seven okay, yeah. Okay. It's funny because when I I woke up on Monday at nine ish, nine fifteen ish, I could have sworn it was noon. 
You know what I mean? It, it felt late. I knew that I had slept pretty well, and I knew that it was definitely later than normal. So when I, you know, eventually turned over and grabbed my my phone, I was like, oh, it's it's only nine. Kathy, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! By, by, by the way, yeah. the, the the point of this article is that you should not force yourself to be a morning person if you are not a morning person. Because it's seen? against what you biologically, your your body wants to do. Uh, a couple of things. Steve, you sleep uh, less than anybody I know. I know. And, and uh, honestly, yeah. I, like, I, I sometimes worry about your long-term yeah. health. Um, oh, I, I'm going to die soon. <laughs> I, I started reading this book called Why We Sleep, and um, I'm trying desperately to change my sleeping habits. I, I went through a period of about two months of insomnia. I was not able to sleep well, and so I'm trying anything at this point to, to sleep, sleep a little bit better. But it's by this guy named Matthew Walker, and he talks about... Um, the inherent need among just for humans to get on average seven or eight hours a night. And uh, I'm less than that. Uh, I know, Steve, you're way less than that, but I'm trying to change my habits and be a little more consistent in my sleeping to aim for that. You know, just it's I, tough, I think though. it's I, better for you. And, and like you make so many bad decisions. I make bad decisions, but people in general do uh, when they're sleep deprived. Yeah. So I, it's just the way I, I'm able to operate and it, it just, I've tried to change it and alter it. It ends up having worse effects on me, like naps and things of that nature. So I will do a meditation during the day, and that, that helps to some extent. You ever see the commercials for the people? Uh, in fact, it's a blind guy in the commercial who has no visual way of perceiving day and night, and it yeah. throws off his circadian hmm. rhythm. And he actually, it's it's for a um, uh, a drug that you take to reset your cycle, oh. basically, because he has no, there are no visual environmental. It's not like Lunesta or anything like that, uh, is it? No, no. Okay. Well, now I'm curious what, uh, how your bedrooms are. Like, are you guys keep them dark or are they bright? Are the windows open? Because I, my favorite part of the weekend is just being able to wake up, like, with natural light. Because we don't do that during the week. It's dark out. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, a day or two, there's, like, kind of a crest of of sun during the summer at the peak. But I don't, like, I don't leave my windows open, but, I mean, uh, light comes through the the shade. Okay. I mean, I, I don't. It's I don't have an opaque, you know, like blackout. No blackout shade. curtains. I do. Yeah, yeah. So my my, my I will. Uh, everything gets closed down. Uh, and uh, yeah, the room is, is is pretty dark. Yeah. On the weekends, I I, I enjoy being woken up by my, by my dog because what he'll do is he comes up next to me and I'm then gonna he, make you feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> he just oh god, you're gonna ruin everything. <laughs> everything. What does uh, he do? No, he just lays there and he just kind of stares at me. And if I don't make any moves, he'll just kind of like breathe on me. He'll go like, <sighs> he's waiting. And then, he's and then waiting. I open my eyes. He's like, oh hey, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing here? Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, he yeah. like nuzzles in. It's just so funny, man. And you you love this, right? I do, yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. The other one, I Fozzie, know this is wrong. Yeah, I know. I know. Fozzie lets me go. Red just like, dude, let's go, man. Let's let's have some fun today. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but it says basically this study is saying you don't force yourself to be a morning person. Run on your schedule that works for your body because you can't change your inherited biology. There was a time when I really never used an alarm clock when I was you know doing production in, in radio and first got my my radio gigs. I, I was always waking up at the approximately right time. Mm. You weren't required to be in direct at 8.30 or 9. Right. So it's a sort of a vague arrival time. And that always worked. Now I'm so... Re- I have so many backup clocks to make sure I don't have any issues. Yeah. yeah. Steve, this uh, blind thing that you were talking about is called non-24-hour sleep disorder. That's sleep, it. Sleep-wake disorder. Yeah. And it's uh, when your circadian rhythms are all messed up and can uh, be worse uh, for blind people. Yes. Oh, interesting. It's pretty weird. You know what else is interesting? This other story that I got. More information from the Just Saying Institute. The JSI. 
I know I sound like the noticer, but it's I'm not. I'm on the plate that just saying no. <laughs> totally different guy. Totally different guy. And I have never even met that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now the dentists have reopened their doors. They're having patients show up with nasty symptoms, which the doctors have dubbed mask mouth. Oh yeah, it's, it's worse than a, you thought, right? And it's a riff on uh, on meth mouth. Oh, uh, no, the new it's not that bad. Okay, the, the, the name is. Uh, the new oral hygiene just as fun. issue is caused by wearing a mask all the time, and it's leading to uh, dental disasters like decaying teeth, receding gum lines, and serious sour breath. Yeah, I think I have a problem. Uh, Dr. Rob Ramondi, a dentist and co-founder of One Manhattan Dental, said we're seeing inflammation in people's gums that have been healthy forever and cavities in people who have never had them before. And he said we decided to name it Mask Mouth. Uh, if left untreated, the results could be harmful. Gum disease or periodontal disease will eventually lead to strokes and an increased risk of heart attacks if you let it go too long. That's pretty serious. Yeah. How had... do you get mush mouth? Yeah, you got to watch Fat Albert. I had no idea how important uh, mouth health was to your overall health. I yeah. had no idea that there is a direct connection. Yeah. Between heart issues yeah, heart disease. and things like that when impotence. it comes to ma- an impotence. I don't know. Uh, and when it comes to uh, your, your your dental care, which is, I, I'm always blown away when I see people who have black teeth. I've I, And if, if you do have them, I'm sorry that you do, but I, I remember talking to my dentist about it. I, I said, what what exactly is that? What's the problem there? If it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. Drugs. You know, meth and drugs mm-hmm. and stuff like that, he's just he's like, it's decay. It's, yeah. it's hygiene. It's They're yeah. not Brushing That's why, teeth. you know, when you get any sort of procedure and stuff, they, they, they give a quick, you know, they want to find Check out what your mental health is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's part of the deal. But uh, so you're keeping a mask over your mouth yeah. and you're not allowing the expulsion of your breath in a proper way. And so, so I, what, what is the actual medical? No, no. Reason? What's happening is, is your mouth is drying out because people that are wearing a mask tend to breathe through their mouth. More often, you should actually be breathing through your nose if you're wearing a mask, and that will fix the problem. That's why I cut a hole in my mask for my nose. Oh, you're, you're not smart. supposed to do that. Oh, no, damn it. It says it's an increased dryness of the mouth, and it builds up bad bacteria. People tend to breathe through their mouth instead of through their nose while wearing a mask. The mouth breathing is causing the dry mouth, which leads to a decrease in saliva. Ah. And saliva is what fights the bacteria and cleanses your teeth. Yes. So I keep a little moist sponge on the inside of my mask. Oh, to suck you just on. lick it. <laughs> suck on it. <laughs> Yo, Casey. Uh, saliva is also what neutralizes acid in the mouth and helps prevent tooth decay and gum disease. People's tendency to drink less water. Nah. While masked up, as well as consume more coffee and alcohol during lockdown, have also added to the widespread dehydration that they are seeing. Do you know it's taken off in sales? That mask, I think I mentioned it a while ago. It's the mask that has the little Velcro flip in it for uh, a straw. straw. Okay. Yeah, and so this is what people are bringing to the bars and stuff like that. Yeah, Rosa. I mean, it kind of defeats the purpose of what <laughs> it is, but they're fun. Yeah. On the bright side, the dentists say that uh, they're packing in breath-conscious breath patients who might otherwise neglect their dental health uh, during the pandemic. So if they, people are noticing they're having bad breath, yeah. I forgot who we had on, but you can 
you can smell your own breath in the mask when you got the mask on, yeah. so you know if you've got breath or not. And and some people are going, you know what, my breath stinks. So they're going to the dentist when they normally don't to find out what the story is. And and that is, uh, and even if it's not the mask that's causing the problem, they're going in to get dental work done, which you should regularly do. Uh, there are things that wearers can do to avoid the grossest side effect uh, of you know bad breath and all yes. that. Drink more water. Cut down on caffeine. Get a humidifier to help moisten the moisten the air. Use an alcohol-free mouthwash. Scrape your tongue. I do that. Do you really? Yes, I was told to do that years ago, and that that, that helps counter um, a bad breath as well. What do you use as your tongue scraper? An exacto it? knife. Oh, okay. No, no. I, I just, you probably shouldn't do that. That's not smart. Bad, <laughs> that is I mean, like, I'm a butter serious. knife. I, oh, yeah. Personally, tongue. I use a wood planer. Oh, okay. No, I actually just use my brush. I was told to so, to brush, brush your tongue. Yeah. 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 Okay. And if all else fails, uh, breathe through your nose. So those those are your tips. Can you wear a scuba rig? Um, I don't see why you can't. Yeah, I don't know if what that's going to do for your teeth in the long run. It'll make run. you look so badass. Yeah. So <laughs> all right, keep that in mind. It's mask mouth. Mask mouth. Part of that has to do with drinking coffee, and I have a coffee story from the Just Saying Institute. This is the kind of thorough knowledge you can only get from the Just Saying Institute. Coffee has been linked to health benefits, but at the end of the day, you should be drinking it for pleasure, not disease prevention. So, okay, so at least we're not hearing something horrible because coffee good, coffee bad. Eggs good, eggs bad. But you're saying... You can actually enjoy coffee just for the enjoyment. Uh, yes, drink it for pleasure, not for disease prevention. It says that uh, two scientists reviewed several old studies about the health implications of drinking coffee and say the good news is that caffeinated coffee does not appear to raise any disease risks. Yay. And drinking it is linked to lower odds of various diseases. They, however, they concluded that for most people, consuming a moderate amount of Caffeine is generally safe. However, it might cause your vagina to seal up. That too. No. If you notice, (laughs) that's the sound of it sealing up. Um, However, if you. (laughs) One more time. Stop with the coffee. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the last bit of air. It's sealing up. <laughs> oh, I haven't made that noise in decades. Oh, my God. The ceiling vagina? Yeah. I don't know how you put up with it, Marissa. I really don't. I'm okay with this one. <laughs> It's the stretching one that gets me. Okay. The, the so stretching don't play that one? one. The stretching sound. <laughs> don't, play don't play it. 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 That's decaf. <laughs> this is decaf. <laughs> oh. All right. So uh, if you notice, <laughs> consuming caffeine disrupts your sleep or makes you jittery, you should adapt your intake during the day. Really? Okay. Can you drink coffee late, or if you drink coffee later on in the day, will it keep you up? Uh, yes, it depends. If I, I try to go, like, 3 o'clock at the latest. So, in the morning? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I have French press around midnight. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 have, I wouldn't doubt it. I have no, I have, caffeine has no effect on me as far as keeping me awake. 
In fact, fact I, if I have tea, and it's probably the milk uh, being, you know, that I put into the tea being heated up that has that effect. I got to believe if you drank enough of it, it would, but... Yeah. Just drinking. No, you're probably right. I don't drink but, a lot. Yeah, but but drinking a cup is yeah. not gonna. Yeah, no. a cup. A cup. Yeah, a cup. It's yeah. not gonna. Okay. Yeah, a cup. It's not gonna keep you up at night. No, okay. no. And I'm I'm actually in the evening. I'm more. Uh, I'm a tea person. The only time I actually drink coffee is in the in the morning. I don't drink it throughout the day. I know we. Uh, you know, everybody knows that Pierre loves coffee and drinks a lot of it. Oh, but God, yeah. um, I, Bill might drink as much as Pierre does. But does he? Bill, really? Bill drinks coffee mm-hmm. all day, and he is. Yeah, well, I think it kind of keeps him going, you know, and and I I just see him with a, with a new cup of coffee all the time. That's why his hands are flying all over the place all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he was in, he were in a meeting, and he's even I, he caught it. I yeah. forgot what he said, but he was doing something. He was holding yeah. his hands up in front of his eyes like they were goggles. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. for some reason, like he was Rommel commanding tanks. Yeah, and 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 I. You know, gestured like that, and he's like, "Why am I even yeah. doing this? It, it has nothing binoculars, to do with binoculars. Pretend binoculars. Yeah, it has nothing. I'm to bird do watching with what I'm referring to, right? If yes. you were if you were doing something like that, bird watching, you might look. Hold... There's a golden spackled frit, right? <laughs> you know. By the way, I saw a guy at the beach who had binoculars, and at first I thought, "Oh, he's bird watching," and then oh. uh, and I was like, "Oh, wait, no." Oh, no. That's a little creepy, right? Was he looking at girls? I don't know. Uh, but, like, why else would you have binoculars I, I at the I brought beach? binoculars to the beach when you're looking at boats and stuff like that. Yeah. Or, yeah, and, yeah. Maybe he was looking at blue tits. <laughs> those, those are, are birds. birds. Those, those are birds. birds. Yep. You filthy-minded bastards. No, yes. you're right. Okay. No. So, if anyway. You, if you want to see the, the other version of that, just go to uh, Alaska. Uh, the... <laughs> That's an Eskimo women, right? The experts say pregnant women should limit their caffeine intake to no more than 200 milligrams per day, which is roughly the amount found in 12 ounces of coffee. Okay. Everybody else can safely drink up to five, eight-ounce cups of coffee per day. Dr. Mike would say don't do that. No. Five, yeah. eight-ounce yeah. cups. Yeah, 40 ounces of coffee. So if I take our, our cups right. here are 12-ounce cups, correct? The ones that are by the coffee machine. I believe they're 12 ounces. Yeah, 10 or, 10 or 12. Okay, so I will... I think they're 10. I will fill... I will not fill it up. I'll go half the cup halfway, and I'll do that to maybe three times in the morning. So that's about a cup and a half. How many ounces is this cup right here? I have this Dunkin' cup. Uh, how many is that? I it think- depends. It looks... It looks like... Re- the inside looks like it might be 16 ounces. Okay. Uh, but the, but since it's got that that outer shell on it, it looks like a twenty ounce cup. But I bet you it's got sixteen ounces in a case. Yes, yeah, this one is sixteen I ounces. Or the other, yeah. the Dunkin' cup that I have is yeah. 16. I'll bet you that's a sixteen ounce cup. So anyway, um, ultimately, um, it says here everybody else can safely drink up to eight ounces of uh, eight ounce. Five eight-ounce cups of coffee per day. Forty ounces of coffee. Depending on their caffeine tolerance. Ultimately, assuming you don't load up on coffee, uh, every coffee you consume with milk and sugar, uh, the experts say that uh, coffee and caffeine can be a part of a healthy lifestyle. All right. Well, this cup is a part of this day's breakfast. This uh, cup is 24 ounces. Oh, it is? Yeah, it says it at the bottom. Oh, okay. All right. I drink one of these when I get to work in the morning. Now, I don't fill it all the way up to the top. I fill it up maybe three quarters, and then I top it off with a little cold water. Don't keep my lips nice and... (laughs) (laughs) So you don't get meth mouth? Yes, I don't want meth mouth. Do you do do any more coffee after that first one? uh, No, so this is technically my second one. I drink 20 ounces on my way into work. Okay. That's why I'm flying high when I see you guys. So so you're drinking about... Yeah, you're drinking about 40 ounces. I got 40 ounces of coffee before 8 a.m. Yeah. All right.
before 8 a.m. Do you drink any of the rest of the day? No. Okay. No, dude, listen, I used to. And then I was, I mean... When you were doing Riverdance. When I was doing... <laughs> Look at him go! I wasn't even trying to do Riverdance. That's just how I... <laughs> uh, I can't stop dancing! Uh, I was getting way too jittery, and I was like, okay, maybe you should stop after that second giant cup of coffee. Right. Okay. Pierre must take in... What are you thinking? 120 ounces? Well, it's I'm 220 ounces... To start, yeah, twenty ounce cups to, uh, to start his day, and then he'll have another one later. And then, like you know, when he goes, because he goes to the gym late, right? So he'll do the coffee gymnasium. before the gym and uh, the gymnasium, yeah. Um, and he still ends up taking car naps, like yeah, he's all over the place. Wow, yeah. Wow. But it, it's when two the gymnasium. I think of guys in striped shirts and, and, and wax <laughs> mustaches I know. throwing the medicine bowl around. Dumbbells. Hey, here's yeah. a question: You know why I, I, I can't tell if I'm really getting any caffeine intake or not? Is when I get what my wife and I call frou frou coffees. You know, we'll get like a you know a frappuccino or a something latte like or that. something. Yeah, yeah, or, or a frozen one. Yeah, that, which I'm I'm coming close to to almost stating that that a good frap may be better than a milkshake. I don't know. I'm not. Oh. I'm, it's getting close. You're don't getting you, real. I know. So what, hard statement. What's your frou frou frap of uh, choice? A mocha uh, yeah. with, with whipped cream. Outstanding. But anyway, I, I can never really can tell if I'm getting a caffeine kick out of it or not because so. it doesn't. Feel like I'm drinking coffee. You know yeah. what I mean. I ask for an extra shot, and then you're good to go. Yeah, probably should. Be. All right, listen. I want to get to another story. Oh, come on now, uh, from JSI. Just saying, Institute. We can't do a two-story JSI. On the site of a former Brazier factory. <laughs> Americans have gotten a bit more comfortable in quarantine. A survey of 2,000 U.S. adults by one poll on behalf of Dr. Scholes. The shoe man? That is correct. Found that... Or the insole man? 25% say that they are experiencing increased aches and pains during their time in quarantine. Not me. 50% said the decrease in physical activity has contributed to this increase in aches and pains. While 40% blame the increased discomfort on sitting around the house for too long. You know, I said not me, but the truth of the matter is we've, we've been coming into work... We've never, we've right. never, right. our schedule has not changed nope. much other, in fact, really, and that's why my heart goes out to people who are like, you know, in the city proper, or like Marissa in your situation where there's not, you, during the height of this, there was really nothing to do. I think I'm on the edge of uh, my knee giving out on me. Oh, no. Really? I think so. Uh, because and your shoulder and your knee? Well, yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Because where I normally have knee pain yeah. is, is right below the, the patella, the, right, the yeah. kneecap. But That's my ha- dentist, by the way. Uh, patella? Dr. Kristen Patella. Patula. Patula. So now I've been having this pain on the side here. What is that? That's one of those, what is that, meniscus? Is that, uh, what are, in case well, you know the knee from That's sport. your PCL, right? MCL? Posterior, MCL, okay. ACL, PCL, oh, no. M, you know. Right there. And, the it, and I haven't been doing anything post? either to, to agitate it, but I walk in and everything, I kind of twist, and I'm like, I felt a pain there. Is there blood in your stool? Yes. Yes, there you go. You got Flugelman syndrome. blood every day. I have what? Flugelman syndrome. Flugelman oh, no. syndrome. Uh, so do, do is there any sort of exercise that you do on the knee, uh, sort of a recuperative no. rehabilitation sort of thing? No. You know, I think, I, of, I think of Batman, you know, the Batman, Preston, uh, the, the movie where he's... He's walking around with the cane, and he's done so. He's completely worn out his knees, and there's no cartilage. And, yeah, and um, yeah, you gotta. And you know, the thing is, that's not. It used to be that that was your. That's an old. You know, so you get older, and that becomes a thing. Anybody who has any level of activity, you look at Cecily. She had to have. Didn't she have knee surgery? Yeah. Well, she tore her ACL. Oh, by the way, I just got a text from my friend Eileen, who's a physical therapist. She said it's a medial 
collateral collateral ligament, an MCL. Yay! Hey! Got it! Yay! You win turtle wax. <laughs> How do you do with that? You wax your turtle. You wax your wax turtle. Your turtle. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Waxing, Waxing my turtle. turtle. <laughs> uh, anyhow, but they're saying I that wonder why it was so goddamn you, shiny. If you've been feeling mystery aches and pains, it may be, or or they're just saying that there's a correlation to the. Uh, uh, quarantine that more people are well, feeling these little aches and pains. I think when you move around, that's why I always, um, you know, when when I get some sort of pull or something, I keep working out. I just am mindful of being a little bit more careful. A full thirty six percent of the people that were polled admit that their posture has been uh, hasn't been great from sitting down and sitting front sitting in front of screens. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. as they adapt to their new wor- uh, routine of working from home. So we're going to be poorly tress- poorly dressed. Chuds by the time this yeah. is all over. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, which could contribute to the aches and pains because you have a poor posture at right. this point. I'm going to say this, and it's yes. a client stroke, but the truth of the matter is the sleep number bed, if you get a good, a good bed, uh, I used to have these bizarre things. I don't know if you've experienced this, Preston, where you just wake up and somehow you've pulled a muscle or something like that. Prior to the, the you know, a good quality bed, I, of course, we recommend the sleep number. You can really alleviate a lot of that, um, a lot of those issues. Yes, this is true. All right, so anyhow, uh, keep that in mind. You're not alone if that is indeed the case. And that's all that we have. That's all from the Josean Institute, and we even stroked an advertiser. That is correct. And uh, I and we learned that it's on the grounds of a former... Brazier factory. Brazier factory. So uh, you learn stuff on the President Steve Show and at the JSI. All right, we need to take a break because we got some guests coming up. A reminder, though, we have a secret text word. It's your chance to win a carload of passes for up to four people to see Steel Panther. Yeah. At the Circle Drive-In Theater in Scranton on Saturday, September 12th. So text the word secret to 39333. We'll see if you end up winning in a little bit. When we get back, Big J Okerson tells us tales of being yanked off stage in Royersford recently. We'll find out what that was all about in a bit. Stay with us. Hey, gang. Obviously, this year's been very different. No, really? You don't say. Anyway, the 15th annual I Bleed for Presidency Blood Drive is a go, but it's going to be a bit different, too. It's happening Friday, August 21st. And there will be three donation centers. The Fillmore in Philadelphia. The Greater Philadelphia Expo Center at Oaks. And the FOP Lodge in Northeast Philly. The Red Cross is always in need, but especially so during this health crisis. So make your appointment at WMMR.com now. Listen, the process is safe, and it follows all social distancing guidelines, which is why both appointments and face masks are mandatory. Register for our I Bleed for Preston and Steve blood drive. And yes, you'll get the newest Preston and Steve t-shirt as our thanks. From the American Red Cross, Penn Jersey Blood Services Region, and 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. So last week, as we were getting back from vacation, I, I think it was the first day we were back, and all of a sudden we see... Text messages popping up and said, did you hear what happened to Big J Okerson last night? And we did a little bit of uh, research and found out, yeah, he was at uh, Soul Joel's Comedy Club in Royersford, in Rofo. Yes. And um, there's, and people called in and told us what was going on. But we're going to find out from him. And bottom line is he got yanked off stage by this idiot. Uh, and, uh, and, and there was a drunk chick and all this other stuff. So we're like, we got to get in touch with Jay. Yeah. So Jay's on the line. Hey. Big J hey. Okerson. Hey. Hey, hey, dude. What's up? It's Big J. Okerson on your home for Classic Rock 93. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well done. So, well, it's not Classic Rock. It's not it's Classic, classic rock, rock, but whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, dude, um, 
Yeah, we we saw the video footage. We got we got people that called in about what went on, and then we saw your video where you kind of described what had happened. And so, what's the deal? Can you talk about all this stuff? Because I know a guy got arrested, sure. and you're going to have to go to court and all that. Yeah, yeah. I'll choose my words at a certain point wisely. Okay, <laughs> for the first time at yeah. a certain point. <laughs> all right. So so let let us hear the paint the picture. Um. It was so. Yeah, I got to ask. Well, the uh, the most uh, funny thing to me is that as of last Monday, I wasn't even supposed to be on this show. They were. Uh, <laughs> they asked me. I was supposed to be Dave Smith and Louis J. Gomez, my two partners on Legion of Skanks podcast, and they uh, they were going to do a co-headline gig at Soul Joel's comedy festival he was having. Dave Smith couldn't end up going, so they asked me if I would uh, if I would sub in. Oh. You know, or, or, or they didn't ask me. I, I kind of offered. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go. It's yeah. Thursday. I got nothing going on that night. Uh-huh. I'll head out to Royersford with you. So me and Lewis, yeah. Zach and Miko drove out there to do the gig. And it was actually, I was pleasantly surprised at how, like, good the setup was for outdoor comedy. You know, it's, it, you can only do so much with uh, kind of that crappy situation. Yeah. Right. So, the, the, but they actually did a really good setup, which ended up becoming a, the bad part was it was a five and a half foot high steel tractor trailer stage oh, man. <laughs> in, the, in the middle in the middle of a parking lot beach they've made, and uh, but it was a cool setup with all the chairs out and it was uh, mostly thank God fans, and this one family who seemed to be a problem the whole show, <sighs> and while Lewis was on stage the. the <laughs> It was a brother and sister were the uh, ultimate problem people here, but they had their whole family with them. But the brother and sister were going to the outside bathrooms they had there, and as they were walking through the audience, I just, where I was sitting, I happened to be able to hear them just being very disruptive. The sister was social justice. She was hating everything that was being said and not liking Lewis's comedy, and she, uh, she went to the bathroom. It made me laugh that she had said, uh, I can't believe they're all laughing at this stuff. Like, they're... They're such garbage. I, I hate Pennsylvania. She's just screaming. She hates Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so, so, kind of, uh, so a real people person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's super psyched about being around people. <laughs> she's, uh, she, she hates. She's already exclaimed. She hates everybody there, and she hates Pennsylvania. So okay. She, she didn't end up leaving, which I was happy about because I always like to kind of acknowledge like, the weirdness going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. When I, when I get on stage uh, right away, I, I, I go, I, I tell Lewis, I was like, wow, you're, you were doing so well with this audience, and whatever you were saying upset this lady so much that she she denounced the entire state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> and she, uh, and, and I, I acknowledged her. I was like, Miss, where are you from, actually? The funniest part was she looked up after two or three times of me asking her that and saying, who, me? <laughs> you <laughs> She didn't realize that she, she thought she wasn't the only person exclaiming, I hate Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't strike her that I meant her. So, uh, yeah. they, uh, so I, I was talking to her, and I was actually you know, sort of trying to ingratiate her while you know talking to her and getting her to calm down. But she just kept going. It was She came out with like a mission. Yeah. You know I mean, and she started going, uh, she said, everybody here is Trump supporters. Everybody here, she described the crowd as, pro-rape, which I found interesting. Okay. She said, everybody here is pro-rape, and I was like, I don't think anybody's pro-rape unless they're a rapist. I mean, <laughs> I've never heard of anybody 
I've never heard anybody say, like, you know, say, no, rape's the coolest. Not my thing personally. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah, like it's country music. Like, yeah. it's not my thing, but I, I respect it. And some of it's good. <laughs> but, uh, so, and then she just keeps saying that everybody's racist, and she gets along this thing. So, as the night progressed, I just kept trying to, like, incorporate her to be, like, you know, like, miss. Yeah. Everything had the point of, miss, just, like, stop being like this and just laugh. We're yeah. Just, we're just, we're just idiots having a fun time laughing. Like, just relax. And I got some bits that I did that kind of weaved into that, and it was, uh... It was like going fine, and and then this this succession of things just literally made her like teapot boil because she she just kept trying to get at the crowd at that point. So she had said at one point, I said, I said, Miss, I was like, who are you texting now? And she goes, uh, she goes, I'm texting my black boyfriend, <laughs> and no one cares. Everyone was like, <laughs> okay. And then I was, and then I was like, oh, does he make you check in with him every hour so he knows how much time he has to get the chicks out of the house? <laughs> and that, and, and, and she, she kind of got upset about that, but I, I explained to her then and there, I'm like, Miss, you understand I don't know you or your boyfriend? Like, I'm just joking. Like, I don't care. We're just kidding. And then she goes, uh, she says, well, I'm, she goes, I'm actually pregnant with a black baby. And I was like, okay. And then I said, so then I was like, uh, oh, it was more of your father's nightmare than my problem. I'm not understanding why we're having this conversation. Like, no one cares. And then. Her mother yells out, she's lying, she's not pregnant, she's not pregnant, she's not pregnant. And then the girl goes, uh, she goes, that's right, I'm not pregnant, because I had an abortion. She said it all spooky like that. Uh-huh. Okay. This is, this Again, is, this is one of the most psychotic, I mean, you've, you've been doing stand-up forever, and you've, you know, you're known for your crowd work. Had you ever had a by-play like this? Yes. <laughs> oh my god that's yes. funny <laughs> you deserve a purple yeah. heart then sir she goes well so she says uh, she says I had an abortion <laughs> and then this is what blew her stack I just oh. you know I, I was like I kind of thought it was funny the way she said it like that all spooky and she was like I had an abortion and I said uh, well miss for someone who seems so concerned about racism you're the only person here who's confessed to killing a black person. Oh, <laughs> and then, wow. Dude. And, then, and, then, and then her her top just blew, and she just started screaming in place, uh, just screaming at the top of her lungs in place. And then her family, she, 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 she like, punched her mom in the chest. <gasps> oh, try, you know, it, it, got, it, got, it got bizarre, which I pointed out. I was like, whoa, 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 like, relax, like. And then they started walking her off like uh, like Rambo at the end of First Blood. <laughs> All slumped over and deflated, yeah, defeated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were they were able to calm down a Green Beret and get her to come peacefully. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. They start they start walking her off, which kind of has everyone and security's like attention. And then like Doc Holliday walking up to uh, to Johnny Ringo in Tombstone, the brother comes out of the darkness. I'm here, Huckleberry. <laughs> and he, uh, and he just, as he's walking up to me, he's going, uh, he's like, that's my sister. And I went, huh? And he goes, that's my sister. And just grabbed my ankle and just yanked it off. He just yanked me off the stage. And right away, I knew I was going, like, off the stage. Right. Like, yeah, I, both, I, I both feet, like, on the stool, you know, like, on the bars of the stool. Sure. So, like, I had no footing, and I was able to tap my other foot on the ground just uh, i mean just luckily enough to just get 
my momentum going, like my upper body going forward. Or else, like with that, with that stage, like a steel stage like that, in there, if I would have hit my head, yeah, the way yeah. I was gonna, the way I was gonna, the way I was gonna go, it could have been extremely dangerous. I was like forty-two years old, you know, we're getting dragged down to this thing. Sure, but I was able to, I was able to kind of luckily land on top of them when I realized I actually had that moment where like. <laughs> You land, everything's on the ground, and then you go like, what, am I alive? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Jay, so that's part of the video that we've seen. And Mm -hmm. what I got to say is is your boy, Mr. Gomez, is uh, he's the man. He was out there in like... Like, record time. Like, that dude has your back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I had texted you last week. I was like, dude, he's the man. He's, you know, he's a, he's a true friend for you. Oh, yeah. He's, no, Lewis is the best. And we, and, but I was able to, from the second I landed, I was able to get on top of him. And then I was able to firmly express some opinions uh, <laughs> to that guy. And then Lewis came over and expressed some of his opinions for a couple seconds. <laughs> and then, and then 150 fans jump in. Uh, to tell their opinions, and they pulled us off, and they were like, "Hey, don't you guys get in trouble? Yeah, we'll give our opinions. Like, we'll, we'll give our opinions." <laughs> yeah, all right. So and, there's uh, there's a there's a lot of opinions being exchanged. Yeah. Uh, let, so let me ask. Yeah, it's a real it's a real back and forth of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so you do this, and then and then after the fact, uh, does I mean I? So you said the place was nice, but w- do you think security didn't move in because you were you were you were playing with this? person in the audience and they thought okay you've got this covered or what um, was the story they, they asked me before the show they were like if, if there's any signal if you which i've been asked a bunch of times is there any signal if you want to get rid of people or anything and i was like no i was like I, I don't really have like a stage character or anything so it's right. like if it were if we're at that point it would simply be like hey this guy's got to go or something you know, i would just say right like this, this, this guy's a problem he has to go and uh no i was enjoying you know i like if i Especially we've been in quarantine, like there's so few shows we've been able to do and everything. There's just like this crazy situations happening. I'm like, sure, this is great. Like this lady's bonkers. Like let's just have fun. And then her bro- but when her, when her brother came to stay, I don't know. In my mind, I was like, you know, I had a, a feeling he was walking up for like bad, bad intention. But I was like, this guy might try to come up on the stage or try to get me to come off the stage. I said the humor in, 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 at 42 years old. Even if I agreed to fight somebody under those circumstances. I would have slowly and, and deliberately walked down the stairs at the back of the stage still because <laughs> my if I just would have jumped off the stage to have a cool moment of like, well, let's do it and jump down. I just all I see is my knee tweaking. Yep. Like, oh, all right, hang you, on. Yes, of course. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Give me a second. Yeah. Give me a second. So Jay is, yeah. and this is probably a dumb question: Is the show over at this point? The show did end at that point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So you I've seen shows actually try to continue after a physical situation. It's bizarre every time. But you did, from what we understand, and we we pieced it together. We talked to a few people. Is that there was there the, the the crowd, and you fortunately you had a substantial amount of people that realized a what a comedy show is, b realized right. what your material was, and was there to see you execute said material. But you you uh, you tried to intercede to stop them from sort of. Um, Doxing these people and going, you know, whole hog on them, and and you were trying to uh, mitigate that. Is that correct? Yeah, I came out and said, "Don't stop," because like, I hate when they do. They've done it like, you know, they tried to do with Ari Shafir before and stuff, and it's just like so. You know, listen. At the end of the day, like you know, when it's on your side, you're kind of like, "Yeah, like, screw this guy. Let's let's like go to work on him." But at the same time, I'm like, ah, I'd rather like I was trying to explain to them like the ideas we already had for like you know, they're saying we have to go to court 
or whatever. And like, I'm like, yeah, I'll go to court. We're going to bring our own court artist to just draw things that aren't happening in the court. <laughs> I love it. Just so, just so, for some reason, I just want a picture. I want a picture drawing of me sitting on a witness stand with like a hanky on my eyes and pointing at the person who hurt me. <laughs> or, like, or, like, or like showing on a doll, showing on a doll where he touched me. <laughs> so when is, when, wow. is the, when is the court, when is it all is happening? I don't know. I guess they have to send like a written statement or something. I know right. it's so weird. Like it's so weird because like at the end of the day, you're just like, could we have just had five more minutes with them? <laughs> I think I would probably like walk away from like all this court nonsense, but Sure. But I do. I said the only, the only serious note of the whole thing really is like, man, he was drunk. I get it as far as that goes. But like the intention of the action could have done such vicious damage. Mm-hmm. Like I have to like not think of it that way because that's what gets in my head about it. I'm just like, man, that guy was like really going for like the kill. I mean, like it was such a bizarre move. Yeah, wow. that is weird. And you you definitely could have gotten severely injured. Yeah, yeah. Well, we wanted to get but the since, real. But since, since, Go ahead. Then page six. Page6.com called me a cult comedy hero, and I have not stopped with that. <laughs> cult comedy I my, hero. I told, my mo- I told my mother to start showing me the respect of a cult comedy hero. <laughs> it's about time. That's perfect. Wow. All right. Well, listen, Jay, we wanted to get your side of the story. We got uh, some other things we got to move on to, but we'll, we'll talk soon. And, and, hey, you'll be back in, well, right, in Norristown. you be. This better be the only. This better be the only side of the story. Is this guy? Is the other guy coming on next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we got to get the other side of the story. <laughs> of course, always just yeah. two sides. Yeah. <laughs> True journalism. Wow. <laughs> well, we're glad you're all right, and and obviously, you know, you know, Lewis and, and the audience had your back, so so you're all good. And, and so you know, besides my own broadcast, this is the only show. I've done. I got phone calls from Scooter and the Buzz. (laughs) (laughs) We are honored, man. Yes, we are. Because we know Scooter and Buzz Pole. I mean, for a cult comedy hero to call is a big ass deal. Boomer and Boomer and AJ, Cape Cod's premier. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate the love, man. All right, Jay. We'll talk soon, bud. Hang in there, Jay Okerson, guys. Wow. <laughs> that's funny. That's wow. so funny. All right, listen, yeah, we do have another guest we got to get to, so that's why we, I had to cut Jay a little bit short. But um, the uh, the DNC last night, uh, you know, the national conventions are happening. And they're happening in, in a much different way. A completely different yeah. way. And it'll be interesting to see how things like The Daily Show are officially covering that and how correspondents are covering it. So let's get one on right now. Please welcome Mr. Roy Wood Jr. to the show. Good morning, Roy. I'm here to talk about Big J. Ogerson. <laughs> <laughs> the cult comedy hero? Save <laughs> my man. Oh, he's awesome. Man, how y'all doing, man? We're doing well. We 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 uh, we love having you on. We wish you were uh, in the studio here, but the reason you're you're not, and while a lot of this is not happening, is because of obviously all the pandemic stuff, which has made this an incredibly unique convention experience, like watching the, the DNC and, and, and uh, you know, what they're attempting to do. Everyone's sort of trying to figure out what, you know, whether it's working or not. What's your take and, and how are you able to cover this in this limited fashion? I will first, before I say anything else about politics on either side, during this pandemic, I've been impressed with old politicians' abilities to figure out 
Zoom chat. God bless you. <laughs> you set up the camera right, you lit yourself nice, and you look nice on television. Way to go. If nothing that, like, honestly, I think every presidential debate should just be whichever candidate can set up a FaceTime chat and make it look good. That's the competent leader I want. That's it. That's it. If you can put that together and make it effective, then you need to lead the country. If you're 80 and you know how to work a tripod and a light <laughs> currently, you can figure out airstrikes in Turkey. I think you can do it. It's been, it's been interesting to see, you know, just because we're not physically there. The thing I miss, the, the thing that I believe is missed from these, that we're going to miss from these conventions are the voters and the people who are actually there and out there being all excited about the candidates and all of that stuff. But, you know, it's still fun to cover. It's still worth talking about. So we'll do the best we can for my couches from a safe place. I'll, I'll tell you this, and I've heard a, a couple of, you know, the political pundits on both sides. There is sort of a uniform take that it was uh, politics meets QVC in a way. Yeah, it's very much. And here we have... Democracy. It's fourteen ninety nine. Twelve easy payments of one dollar. <laughs> and have your very own democracy box. Oh, free access to the postal service. That's going to come in handy very soon. Uh, like it's the thing that I also don't like is how fake the backgrounds are. Yeah. With all of the, like, I've been trying to get the Daily Show to let me do a segment. Well, I just talk trash about everybody's background. First off, anyone on TV and Zoom checks, we know you didn't read all those books, you bastard. Every every person is trying to outbook other person. It's like book wars on TV now, where there's like forty books all in. But you didn't. Just put up a Maxim magazine and that one Dion Sanders autobiography from 94. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, um, you know, the, the DNC was here four years ago. It was in uh, The RNC was here 20 years ago in Philly. And uh, one thing that you hear about that maybe not covered nationally is there are some great parties that go along when the conventions are in town. And I'm sure Wisconsin and Florida feel like they're missing out on a lot of people coming in and, and having a good time. For you and covering these over the years, uh, best party city for any of the conventions you've ever covered? Uh, I would have to say Philly, and I'm not even blowing smoke. I was there for DNC uh, four years ago. Number one, it was hot, it was sweaty, it was muggy. The thing that was weird, having played Philly doing stand-up for so many years, you know, 20 years, coming back and forth to the town, like, seeing people out of place, like, just, you don't fit here. Like, there's someone like dress like an in, in, they clearly are some politicians intern and they have a leather attache case yeah. and a bike helmet and they're walking down south street at three in the morning getting a slice and i'm like you don't fit in here but welcome it makes sense like i'm not even from philly i'm from alabama i shouldn't even <laughs> be here either but at least i'm dressed casual it's it's wild though because there's it's it's such a thing i remember years and years and years ago i'm, I'm sure you do you know roy it, the process was actually this actually meant something. These conventions where they would select, you know, their, their, the candidate and everything's pretty much, pre, you know, predetermined. And it's just it's just pretty much the machinations of it. But but I, I think one of the things that's that, that's proving, you know, that you as you said, the, having the people there to show the enthusiasm for their candidate, you know, that, that who's ever they're supporting that that's an essential part of this. And. 
you're, you're right. The, the backgrounds and fake stuff, it, it, it's, it's, it's so jarring to see it, especially when you consider what a, ma- what a majorly important part of the process this is. It is important that politicians at a convention look into the eyes of the voters they're lying to. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Without that, it's taken away. It's taken away. I don't know. I I, I was saying, do do those? Does that really having a crowd there sway anybody? Because that's what's the you know it's supposed to do. I think it and maybe, it doesn't help me. Roy, where do you? Uh, yes, I mean everyone obviously by this time, if you have if you're still on the fence, it's it, it's it's probably you're probably an anomaly. But there is something to be said for seeing a, a crowd embrace somebody. Mm-hmm. You know. You know what it's like. It's like when you're alone with your girl and she goes, you know. So when are we getting married? You can slice and dice that answer real fast, right? If you don't want to get. But if your girl asks you that same question in front of her family and friends <laughs> at dinner, oh, you got to really put it on. You got to work to really sell your opinions at that point. And that's really what this is like. Like, I feel like all these conventions, you're just, you're just dragging these politicians out so that they can say what they're going to say, but now you got to say it in front of the family. So you can really hold your feet to the fire. <laughs> Back, backpedal two years into your term. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the of the musical number the first uh, night of the convention? Uh, Billy Porter? You talking about that Billy Porter? Billy thing? Porter, yeah. I don't know what that was, but if that's what if that's what racial harmony looks like, then maybe we should rethink racial harmony. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, it was, was Stephen Stills, was, too. Wasn't it Stephen Stills playing the guitar? Yeah, I, listen, both respected in their fields, both award winners in their fields, but together with that green screen, I, maybe it would have been better live. I mean, you know, there's been some weird, you know, country crossover stuff, but that, that was it, it. was it was so weird. The next night, they just had to get John Legend. They was like, look, we just let you <laughs> call in the legend. Yeah, you got to do it sometimes. <laughs> well, listen, Roy, it's got to go to the bullpen. It, it's it's a it's a unique time, you know, and it's it's always unique these these events, but but it's really unique this time around. And and uh, you guys, of course, are are innovative and and find awesome ways to cover pretty much everything anything you get on. So it's going to be entertaining uh, to say the least. So uh, eleven o'clock, of course, Comedy Central is when you catch uh, the Daily Show. What's what's coming up next that we need to be aware of? Uh, we're following the news as it breaks, man. So whatever craziness they're talking about tonight, that's what we'll follow. That's the beauty of the next two weeks. We don't have to plan a show. We <laughs> yeah, there exactly. You go. Done deal. All right, Roy, good luck with everything. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, boys. All right, Roy Wood, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor Noah, weeknights, 11 o'clock on Comedy Central. You're able to see that. So, hey, um, real quick, speaking of uh, of television shows and programming notes, since we have a couple of minutes to play with, I found this out. Televangelist Kenneth Copeland is yes. getting the boot from Trinity Broadcasting Network. Uh, yeah, I saw that. He's losing his show. Why? Yeah. Uh, they said that it's not a good fit with them anymore. So, by the way, this is They're the, going in a different direction. <laughs> it's the, they're going in the other direction. Uh, it is the largest Christian television station in the world, Trinity Broadcasting Network. Do we get that here in Philadelphia? Uh, or is... Not that I've... I, okay. I kind of did a sort of um, quick check on getting it. I'll tell you this, though, Preston. The odds makers are saying he gets something 
on another channel. I get something else, you know, in fairly short order. Uh, if you don't remember him by the name, he's he's one of the the preachers that uh, you know has the private jet. Case we have the COVID nineteen. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Clip that's uh, that's that? Kenneth Copeland. I, I don't know what you did with. I that. think I put that over here. I think uh, yeah. yeah. COVID nineteen. Yeah, that's him. That's and he remember in that that particular clip. He he actually was able with his breath to blow it away. He got rid of it. See if, see if you can find that full clip, Case, because yeah. we have it. I, th- I think we have it over there. But, yes, he had he had officially, he, we were done with it. We, we, he, he blew it away by going, <laughs> like that. That's it. I just blew it away. Yep. With my breath and the Lord Jesus Christ. Do we have this? Yeah. All right, here we go. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Standing in the office of the prophet of God. I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. I execute judgment on you, Satan. You destroy... Who's the guy having an orgasm? Could you shut up? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of in what they call a groove. And you're throwing me off. You killer, you get out. You break your power. You get off this nation. I demand judgment on you. I demand... I demand... I demand... A vaccination to come immediately. Yes. Immediately. Yep. Yep. He bop on the two bop with the bop bop. <laughs> got got bop it up. With the bop a dop. I call you done. I call you Don Braun. He calls him Don Braun. Don Braun? Did we talked about Braun? this last time. I call you Don Braun. I called you Jerry Feisman. Warner I call Braun. you Lonnie Drago. <laughs> I call you Don Braun. Don Ball. What? You come down. My name is Don Braun. <laughs> I believe you called me. <laughs> you come down. You know what the thing is? is that we, we said about this last time. When you look at the pictures of him. What an evil face. Evil. He just evil. has a menacing, mm-hmm. evil face. I'm just I glad mean, all like, the prayer worked. Uh, I, well, I know, and we're getting to the good part yeah, here. Yeah. But real quick, I want to point out that, uh, yeah, they, they dropped him. Don Braun. Uh, Don Braun. Don Braun got the gig. <laughs> mm-hmm. You son of a bitch. <laughs> that is yes, Don my Braun. name is Don Braun. <laughs> going to get the five apostles together for a summit. Oh, there are more? <laughs> We'll do two summits. Uh, no, uh, and by the way, WGTW TV uh, channel forty eight is where uh, this used to run. It was, uh, or is it still run? It still runs in Philly. Um, okay, well, it was running. Oh, really? In, yeah, but uh, now apparently you can only receive it in South Jersey. Oh, oh. yeah, it says uh, Comcast channel eighteen. Okay, so uh, eighteen on Comcast, and then channel forty eight on the UHF. Okay. Uh, all right. So anyway, let's continue, and then I'll, I'll read the statement by the uh, the guy who owns the the network and why they got rid of him. You come down from your place of authority, destroyer. You come down and you crawl on your belly like God comes. Belly. Wait, Who's crawling on the belly? Is it is, uh, is the it COVID? COVID the disease? Yeah, yeah. Is crawling on its belly? Well, he's making yes. it. He's Uh-oh. forcing it. From your in. place of authority, destroyer. Destroyer. Uh, yeah. Destroyer. You come down and you crawl on your oh. belly oh. like God commanded you when he put his foot on your head his in the garden. Okay. God, listen to the... And he's riffing and he's not doing a good job. No. 
You are destroyed. Wait, what was that? That's it. You can hear the sound. Was of he going? Is he a Bisco girl? Was that you? It was me. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm a Bisco girl. With my water bottle, that's got the picture of Jesus on. Scrunchies. Scrunchies. That's the sound of the camera as I take my selfies of evening. You will destroy through COVID-19. No more. No more. No more. Nope, nope, nope. No, sir. No more. Don't even try. That's all you got? No more. It. Is finished. Finished. It is over. And the United States of America is healed and well. That is where I get my mail. That was that was on March thirty first, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's when everything took a turn for the better. Yep, yeah. That's when it all, all got done. better. It really yeah. worked. Uh, <laughs> this isn't the one where he goes, COVID-19. That was uh, a good yeah. COVID-19. I am the God of hellfire. Oh, my God. And I bring you we need COVID. To those two guys together. <laughs> hey, man, how I'm doing fine. <laughs> it's oh. over. I'm sorry. I have the other uh, COVID spits on COVID-19. Uh, I don't want to listen to the whole thing. No, oh, no, no. no. See bottom. where it's highlighted? Right yes. there. Hang on, here, I'll back it up. Satan, you bow your knees. Satan, you bow your knees. This you fall on your face. <laughs> you fall on your face. He's got the Supremes yeah. in the background. You get kicked in the balls. These are the pips. pips. Yes. These are the pips. You'll be leaving on that midnight train to Georgia. Because we'd rather live in our world than live without you in yours. Yours. World. <laughs> His and hers alone. His and hers alone. That's right. This is the Pips, the Prophets in Paradise. (laughs) 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 I got to be with him. You know you will. (laughs) Jesus, because I'd rather live in your world Mm -hmm. than live without you in mine. I love that song. The world is his. His and hers alone. Mm Mm-hmm. All aboard. You bow your knees. Satan, you bow your knees. Backstreet's back. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Bow your knees. You fall on your face. You fall on your face. To COVID, I say (laughs) bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye. COVID-19. COVID-19. There it is. He's taking a big, uh, yeah. torquing up a big luger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blown. I'm blown. I'm blown. The wind of God. The wind, wind of God. God. On you. On you. you. Oh, Jesus. Are destroyed forever. Forever. You are destroyed forever. Oh. And you'll never be back. And you'll never be back. Thank you, Hot Car. Thank you, Hot Car. Thank you, Hot Car. Thank you, Hot Car. COVID-19, I place saran wrap over your face, and I'll take a dump on your face. There's so much that he's saying to be between Don Don Braun and Hot Carl. (laughs) The pips. The pips. The pips. And Bex. 
Backstreet's back. Oh, all right. And Sync showed up for uh, yeah. Carl. <laughs> wow. And I think there's one last little bit of him. There you are. Oh, God. Let it happen. Let it happen. Let it happen. Cause it to happen. Cause it to happen. And that was that was on April 6th. So we were done with it then. The Each morning I wake up. Before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. Forever. There's a, there's a moment, and I'm I'm not going to give too much away if you haven't watched the second season of Umbrella Academy. You haven't, Steve, but some song lyrics come into play. Oh, really? Oh, awesome. Con- concerning a almost like a religious type of thing. Yeah. Because there's a time shift thing, and some people don't know these song lyrics, and they start being used regularly <laughs> as to lead these people. It's very very funny. All right. Anyway, so yes, the. Um, Trinity Broadcasting Network said that they're dropping the Kenneth Copeland show or whatever it is. Uh, and they're picking up Mama's family. It's not the first skirmish oh, she's had good, with uh, the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Uh, and the, this minute, it says uh, last summer the ministry announced that because of changed time slot, viewer response has been much lower. That's better. So Copeland discontinued Sunday broadcasts of their show. The more recent announcement may be the end result of a long-simmering conflict. In the post on his website, Copeland explained that his show, Believer's Voice of Victory, uh, had been aired on TBN for four decades. Four decades. But after founder Paul Crouch died in 2013, it was taken over by his son Matt and his wife Laurie. And Matt recently told Copeland that the show was no longer a good fit for the network. So is the network, I assume they're maintaining an inspirational religious programming set, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, but they're, they're, just, they're just getting rid of him. I think they're, they're, maybe they're steering away from, you know, manipulative people who buy giant right. jets with the money that they get. I don't know. Well, he's I he's become you. such a laughing stock. Because of that, that I it, think I think it'll suck the, if they're trying for any credibility out of it. I think it's becoming an, an embarrassment with, right. with stuff like this and how he's just you know ridiculously over the top. I talked to a friend of mine who's who's a pastor when this stuff came out, and I was like, you know, our new preachers, Mister Kevin Fetter lies. <laughs> <laughs> and I I just want to read because the guy I know is a he's the real deal, yeah. and he just wants to help people. And I was like, what what's your opinion on this guy? And he's like, I, he, he makes me mad. He's yeah. like, he, he, he does. He, 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 he puts, he, it, the way he quoted is he said he puts his words in God's mouth. And yeah. he's like, and that's just, you, you don't do that. But he does kind of, he, he, he did stop short of saying that the guy's a complete shyster in that he doesn't believe the things that he's saying. Well, he might have very well over the time just convinced himself of this. And and there, you know, the, at a certain point when you live in that world and you tell yourself that it's okay for you to have multiple lear jets and and that there's a reason why you need to take incredible amounts of money that could be going to poor people and to help people in bad ways and put that towards your personal pleasure which is disgusting but steve the leather seats you don't understand yeah you ever fly commercial of the people snotting and farting and spitting that's no way to live uh-uh, uh-uh. Tell you what, I had a I had a wonderful flight in here, and there was a big flute fruit platter and a champagne, and it was wonderful. I didn't have to deal with all you smegma. <laughs> I mean, you smegma. Because what he that's what he's saying is that he, in fact, he he did say you're you distract me from 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, you just... Uh, people, that, people that are kind of bothering him. They're distracting even, him from even working people, on his homily. Even people that wanted wanted prayer from him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little too intrusive when he's got a... Oh, give me a break, man. The flock, so... All right, anyway. I'm reading my book. They are, they're dropping him uh, from... Uh, uh, from the Christian or the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Interesting. By the way, here's a text that says, I was having the worst week until this conversation. <laughs> now I'm crying, my nose is running, and I almost beat my pants in the car. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for making my life better today. Oh, Our that's awesome. Pleasure. Thank you very it's much. It's not us that did it, my friend. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Send me a million dollars. Yeah. COVID 19. Send me a million dollars. All right, we got to take a break. I'm sorry. We're doing it. Right, Casey's right, looking right, at his watch. Right, we got to take a break. Come back. We're going to the beef file. Don't forget secret text word. Blah, blah, blah. We'll return to the break. <laughs> 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Here and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, Local Shots. Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, let's take another stab at the beat file. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by HERS. Pick up a specially marked bag of HERS today for a chance to win $10,000 and take your summer to the next level. Full rules and details at summer.hers.com. HERS forever good. Well, a woman from Scotland claims to have found the face of Jesus on a potato. Nikki Halkerston says she discovered the obvious likeness while unpacking after her weekly trip to the grocery store. She says she took several pictures of the potatoes. Was nope. it in fact Jesus? I mean, it's you know, if you look at like it, Mr. Like, Jesus head looks like a dude with a beard. Uh, one can see the natural discoloration of the spud's skin, and it forms a pattern that could maybe be interpreted as a bearded face. Mm, kind of looks like Guy Fieri, to tell you the truth. A little bit, yeah. Or Vincent Price, maybe. That's not as good. Yeah, uh, Hallerson so says. I do like Vincent Price and Guy Fieri. Hallerson said she ate the potato, so there's only photographic <laughs> evidence that remains. What? She ate Jesus. Yep, she did it. Three people were flown to Memphis hospitals after they were electrocuted Sunday when an antenna they were installing struck a high line wire. Oh, man. Three people, including an adult and two juveniles, were installing a television antenna on a trailer, and it struck the high line wire. The juveniles were flown to a children's hospital. The adult was flown to a regional hospital. No real details on uh, how everybody's doing, but you got to uh, you got to be careful. Yes, yeah. Putting stuff like that up. Uh, After a neighborly feud over a retaining wall, uh, this is in Canada, by the way, into a uh, escalated into a Christmas time act of jackhammer vandalism, a court ordered a uh, gentleman named Reno Pellegrin to pay sixteen thousand eight hundred one dollars in restitution. At first, neighbors uh, Reno Pellegrin and John Wilden got along fine. Uh, They shared landscaping materials, cut each other's weeds. In 2008, John Wielden built a 10-meter-long retaining wall that, in parts, was on Pellegrin's side of the property line by about 19 centimeters, it says here. Uh, The error was inadvertent, not intentional, court documents would note. 
But it would light the fuse on what was to become an ever-escalating series of provocations, complaints, counter-complaints, beginning with Pellegrin's decision in 2014 to dump 10 pounds of dog poop in the yard of Whedon and his wife. So that was the first shot in the battle. It was one of them. Yeah. Uh, he testified that he put the feces there as a message to the Wieldons to stay off his property. You know, like a sign can yeah, do Yeah, like too. sleeping with the fishes. Yeah. Uh, in the years since, the neighbors regularly called police and bylaw against each other, and a, plot, a potted plant was thrown from yard to yard until it ended up on the Wielden's roof. At one point, Wielden and Pellegrin engaged in a brief physical standoff. Wielden armed with a rock, Pellegrin armed with a weed whacker. <laughs> it ended with uh, Wielden being arrested for assault. Charges were ultimately stayed. The judge would ultimately determine that Wielden was justified in picking up the rock and making as if to throw it because Pellegrin was approaching him with the weed whacker. Well, he, had a, he had a weed whacker. In hand after insulting Wielden as a, quote, unemployed loser. <laughs> Pellegrin was also accused of regularly dumping snow and yard waste over the property line. He was and accused the dog poop. Yep, and accused of spray painting the word remove onto the disputed retaining wall and cowered onto a wheelbarrow that was facing the Wielden's home. You know, it's sad. There was a time when they would weed each other's lawns. That's right. And here we are now with weed whackers and rocks. Using them as weapons. Well, on occasion, when he came eye to eye with one of the Wieldens, Pellegrin was accused of performing a litany of obscene gestures, including <laughs> mim- miming oral sex, wow. grabbing his crotch while saying, suck it, and expelling gas from both ends of his body. Did they specify that when they he did the oral sex gesture, did he use his tongue inside his own mouth? He, they did to not. To pretend that it was actually in there. They did not okay. indicate if he did the tongue in the side of the mouth thing. Uh, in court, the Pellegrin family also alleges acts of aggression by the Wieldens. Uh, they allege that the Wieldens put garbage in their driveway and a dead snake on their trampoline. But they so, did, and these are Canadians. But they did not specify, yep, dates nor testify that they saw those deposits being made. The most pleasant people in the world. The conflict would peak uh, Christmas 2015 when Pellegrin, taking a jackhammer <laughs> to the retaining wall... <laughs> While crowing, ho, 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 Merry Christmas in a Santa Claus outfit. In a video taken of the incident, Pellegrin see that video. says, hope you and yours have a Merry Christmas. Uh, this is what happens when you don't get along with your neighbors. Call the cops about every little thing. Sherry and Wielden asked him to stop before calling the police. After the arrival of a, a police officer, uh, Pellegrin began jackhammering again, which aggravated the officer's con- uh, concussion. And caused her to retreat. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, in a ruling, and the reason I bring this up is they just made a ruling on this. This has been going on for, for years. Years. Uh, Wielden and his wife, Sherry, were ultimately awarded $6,301 for the wall damage yeah. and $8,000 for loss of enjoyment and value of the property. They were also awarded $800 in court costs and $2,500 for other damages. So, it was worth it. It can get <laughs> to that. Yes. Uh, let's see. How about this? A firefighter from Providence, Rhode Island, is facing criminal charges following a motorcycle accident. Early Sunday morning, the firefighter, Joseph Bouchard, was riding on his motorcycle and hit a fire hydrant. <laughs> and then he fled the scene. Police responded to the scene shortly after midnight. They found an injured female victim. Witnesses said she was on the back of the motorcycle. He left her there? And he took off and left her oh, man. after hitting the fire hydrant. Uh, he left on a damaged motorcycle and left her behind. He faces multiple charges, including misdemeanor for DUI 
and uh, stopping for the uh, the accident resulting in injury, which is a felony charge, not stopping for the accident. So it's a felony charge. One last story, and then we will wrap it up. The Missouri State Highway Patrol reported the Pentecostal Bridge uh, collapsed after a semi-truck attempted to cross it. A truck carrying feed tried to cross the bridge on Monday afternoon. The bridge has a posted sign of a five-ton weight limit. Come the truck was carrying, carrying 30,000 pounds over the weight limit of the bridge. Uh, the driver attempted to back up, and when he was attempting to back up the hill, he struck a guardrail. Then he tried to back around the corner and tried to get straightened out. He was striking the rock, so he continued to go back and forth, cracking the rock in the guardrail. Once he eventually started to make the turn, he struck the bridge, which caused the bridge to collapse with him on it. That's insane. There's, uh, a, there's a great uh, William Freakin movie called The Saucer, where this super heavy truck tries to go across a rope bridge. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, the driver can be issued citations for violating the weight limit. That's it. That's just nuts. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you for now. All right, we are going to take a break, and I tell you what, let's get our winner for the secret yeah. password. We need a number caller. Marissa, give me a number caller. 16. All right, 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the letter, uh, not the letter of the day, <laughs> you know the secret text word. And we'll grab a random texter while we're at it, too. Coming back in a moment, when we return, uh, Philadelphia musician Pat Finnerty managed to get Dave Grohl on his Instagram Live account for a jam session. We're going to find out how it happened with him in just a moment. That's we'll be awesome. right back. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We were looking for, I think it was call number 16, Marissa? Yes, it was. All right, so that is Luke, and we're going to see if we can find the secret text word. Hey, Luke, how you doing, man? Good, how are you? Sorry to bother you at work. No, no, listen, you called it the right time. You give me the secret text word, you win the prize. What is it? It's shocker. Shocker. Absolutely correct, sir. I want you to hang on the line because we are going to get you some tickets to see this band right here live. They're playing the Circle Drive in theater in Scranton on Saturday, September 12th, and you get to take three people with you. It's a car load, one of those shows, and tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Steel Panther, the band, of course, and we're also going to give to a random texture the same thing, Johnston Roberts from Pennsville, New Jersey, is our winner. So nice. congratulations, yes. And again, I want to thank drummer of Steel Panther, Stigzadinia, mm-hmm. for uh, retweeting my little thing I did. Uh, I took the video of Casey's ranch dressing freak out, and I, I played the drums to it. I played every beat of that speech uh, on my drums, and uh, he, he loved it. He said it, it uh, made, I forgot what he wrote. He said it like, did his heart good or something like Brings that. Brings me so much joy. Brings me so much joy. That's what it was. So, thanks. That's so it's, cool. He's a cool guy. He's awesome, man. I love those guys, and I'm I'm an honorary member of the band. You are. Yes, you are. What's Tommy your name Tom, again? Tom. Tommy Tom Tom Thompson is my name. <laughs> given, given to me by Satchel. He, yeah. He gave that to me. Alright, and uh, our next guest is an honorary member of Foo Fighters. <laughs> Seems to be that way. Now is how that worked out, I guess. So, um, no, actually, it was an interesting story. Rolling Stone picked it up. Even yeah. my uh, my prep service that I that gets me my music news had had it written up this morning. And he's a Philly guy, which is awesome. But I think he's, was he, uh, I had mentioned Scranton with the uh, 
The guy's playing there. Is he from Scranton? You yeah, yeah, he's uh, Is originally... he a transplant? Yeah, I think so. Okay, All that's right. a pretty sweet deal. So, All right, let's uh, welcome him. He, he did it via uh, his Instagram Live, and we want to welcome Pat Finnerty yeah. to the show this morning. Hey, Pat, how you doing? Good, man. I might be an honorary food fighter at this point, but I haven't received uh, any monetary uh, oh, I don't. Hey, that, Steel Panther doesn't give me any money, dude. <laughs> I know. Don't I'm worry. Still waiting on that. I'm waiting on that shiftlet money. Yeah, <laughs> the shiftlet <laughs> money. That's where you put yourself. That level. Nice. Hey, yeah. well, uh, listen. First of all, cool. Kudos to you. You 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 set out a goal to get this done, and have you been surprised by all this attention? I mean, freaking Rolling Stone picking up on it, and all these prep services. Well, here's the thing: when you get Grohl, like I did this whole thing to get Grohl, and I feel like Grohl's getting me now. Because it's like, it's this is the world's Grohl, man. Like, if you get Grohl, like, the world is coming at you. Like, I'm getting messages from Venezuela, like, New Zealand. Like, this Philly. is unbelievable. Yeah, no, the that's... Grohl, yeah. I mean... We kind of we kind of live on planet Grohl. Like if, when you when you think about it, he plays with everybody. He's on every documentary. It's it's Grohl. So it's like it's coming. No, he he, he definitely is a, a force. And we've we said a while ago. Now things have started to take a turn for the better. But uh, you know there was a, there was just a, a thin string holding the world of rock together. And we believed that uh, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters were. We're part of that string and his adoration for regular rock. But you're right. He is the real deal. And so you decided you, you mounted what you called a Grolathon and explain yep. what you did. So I've been doing a Pat Finnerty show on Instagram since uh, the pandemic really started. And uh, it was like building to like I, were, I would record songs in an hour. And then what I did socially distanced concerts from my roof and then from Johnny Brenda's. And then I was just like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know if we should go back outside. I'm not sure what should happen. And the whole time, I was just kept saying, let's get Grohl. Basically, just because I want Grohl's life. You know what I mean? The, you know, Grohl's got it good. So I was just like, let's get Grohl. And then I just kept saying that because it's funny. And then I was just like, I was sitting on my porch one day, and I was just like, let's get Grohl. And I, was, and I came up with the idea for the Grohl-a-thon, which is 24 hours of uh, staying on Instagram Live. In an attempt to get Grohl to sing the sting part on Money for Nothing. Now, why'd you pick that song? Because it's because it's ridiculous. No, I picked the song. I picked the song because the riff rules. Um, I love Mark Knopfler. He's like yeah. my favorite guitar player. And the fact that Sting sings on that song, it's still funny to me. Okay. So it's like if I get, and it was just a weird enough thing that I thought that he would be into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, and and life is so weird right now, as we all know, that I was just like, you know, is it out of the realm of possibilities that Grohl would come on? And instead of me being like, dude, Nirvana, Nirvana, dude, instead of that, I was just like, no, Grohl, I just want you to sing this Sting part on Money for Nothing. I thought it'd be fun. And yeah, his, his, his comment was, that's all you wanted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, dude, that's all you wanted? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, so what was the what were the steps? I mean, because I I had read, or at least maybe it was in the Rolling Stone article, that it was uh, somebody who you knew knew somebody who was going to be going over to Dave's for a party. What was that? Yeah. What was that step process? All throughout the day, I have a cardboard cutout of Grohl, and we were sending him around Philly. He was hitting up the Liberty Bell and the Art Museum and all that stuff. And I was checking back in with the street team, the Team Grohlathon, and then I had a guy in L.A. who was just driving around looking for him. 
mm-hmm. and he couldn't find him. And I had a girl <laughs> center that was like taking calls. He wasn't calling, but I had like all these people just like that. I'm, I've been a musician for a long time. I have a bunch of like dudes and bands and, and all these like kind of BS connections and all of this stuff. And, uh, and my friend, Justin Mazur, um, texted a dude he used to play in a band with, Jason Gallagher, who lives in LA, and he, and get, and he goes, do you know anybody who knows Grohl? And then he said yes, and then he texted this dude, Andrew Sicking, who I don't know, and Andrew Sicking was going to a dinner at Grohl's house that night. Go. So we were one step away from Grohl, and that's how it happened. And he went to this dinner, and then this dude uh, like DM'd me, and he's like, check your inbox, Grohl is down. So, so, so he just sprung it on him. That's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know the guy at all. I don't know Andrew Sicking at all. Well, yeah. the fact that he went, out, whole... he went out on a limb to do that for you, and this this all clicked, what, in the ninth hour? The ninth hour. Which, if you think about it, right, like, uh, I was prepared to go 24 straight hours and lose my mind on Instagram Live. I kind of wanted to do that because it would be funny. But the, uh, you know, nine hours, everyone's like, he's on for nine hours. And then I'm, like, thinking about it, like, People go to work every day for nine hours. <laughs> right, yeah, you yeah. know, like, yeah. nine hours isn't that long. Like, it is. Like, you'll go crazy on Instagram Live, don't get me wrong, for nine hours. But, like, it was kind of a work day. Like, a work day will get you grow. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it worked. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, th- so let me ask you, does this does this connection, does it, uh, does it carry on? Uh, are, there, are there other possibilities and entrees for you into the world of uh, grow? Well... You know, we talked for like 20 minutes. He was great. You know, I told him he was great at being Grohl. <laughs> I, I, you know, I I blew a little up, you know, whatever. This is radio. I love yeah, Smoke up his ass. This hurts. <laughs> this, yeah. this hurts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but not a lot, you know. And, and I basically just like, I knew he would be a cool guy because it's been a life of Grohl. Like I said to you before, he's everywhere. You know he's a cool guy. You know he's funny. And he rips on the drums. So it's just kind of like... um you know, I knew that he'd be all right with it, and he had a good time. You know, I, I think he, I think he had a really good time. And I said, "Girl, here's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to get you the chopper, and then have him, you know, come down." So I was just like, you know, I have plans for you, girl. And uh, and and he was laughing, and I was just like, "My name is Pat Finnerty. I live in Philadelphia. You don't need anything because you're girl, um, but I do. So you, when you come to Philly, um, you know." Uh, hit me up. I was going to ask him for 20 grand just to be like, girl, I've right. listened to your music for so long. I've talked about you so much. How about 20 grand? <laughs> I, you know, I wonder. I'm glad I you wonder, didn't. I, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not the right call. It, you you it, made the right choice not asking him for money. I know. I know. I know. I it is wrong, but he, he might have. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I mean, because yeah. here's a guy, as we all, I, I'm sure you're aware, that he loves barbecuing. So uh, if sure. you, yeah, so I mean, honestly, you know, a guy who's just he has all these interests. He sees somebody who went out on a limb. Uh, I don't know. You invite him to that. the burger brawl. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, would be perfect. Um, so all right, well, that's that's cool that it ended up happening, man. That it that it came through, and and I'm sure you were planning on it not happening and just doing the 24 hours. But uh, you also now you play in a band or do you have a couple of projects that normally under normal circumstances you would be working on? Yeah. Now this is the stuff where your listeners, uh, they're not going to care about this. So well, I'll yeah, make the call since it's our radio show. Pat. It's all good, bud. <laughs> I know, but here comes the zone out across Philadelphia in the world. Uh, yeah. I have my own band. 
I, you know, I've been trying like everybody else, uh, Pat Finnerty in the full band. Um, I do a lot of, uh, I write my own songs like people do. I have a video on YouTube called tough gig, which I really, I'm really proud of that I put out during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I've been playing around Philly and I've been in touring bands and I've played around the, the world and stuff like that, but I'm really enjoying the interviewing process. I'm, I've got into doing interviews and, uh, and I would like to try to, you know, expand this to keep that um, going. idea of, yeah, keep it going and see who else I can get. All right. And, uh, you know. I mean, I mean, Grohl is a special guy because you know he's down. You know, it's just you have to find the right people. Yeah, All my right. buddy uh, David was sickening on not that long ago. Just scroll, scrolling through your Instagram, uh, David was sickening on the Hooters. Yeah, yeah, Preston and he are friends. He was, he was on the Grohlathon. He was, he was. I met him on the Grohlathon through uh, Pat Berkery, my friend and my drummer in my band, and he uh, and he was in, he was incredible. He told me about Live Aid. I've been on a big Live Aid kick recently well it was just the anniversary yeah so uh, it, yeah. yeah it was huge we, we we did a whole bunch of stuff here so you got you got those guys out of the who's who's your number one get who's the guy you've got to get on your show no hands or butts that's got to be paul there we go yeah i've sat down with paul before he's an awesome guy I, oh man were you were i mean i can't even imagine oh, i was scared I would to, like death, to think dude. i'd be cool yeah. I, yeah, I'd like to think I'd be cool. Like, Grohl's Grohl. We are talking about Paul fine. Young, like, right? <laughs> yeah. Every time you go away. Every time you go away. Every time you go. No, Pat, he was he was a sweetheart. He knew I was uh, he knew I was nervous, and he made it real, real easy. I bet he's been doing that forever. Here's the real question, though, guys. Mm. What's the better every time you go away? Is it Hall & Oates, or is it Paul Young? And don't be like Homer's here. So I uh, I think, honestly, I think the Hall & Oates version is, because uh, I, I, I saw them perform it live. I actually saw them sing. Uh, they were trading back and forth. It was, uh, who was he with? It was um, uh, another another great guy. Um but they, they, the vocals were great, and it was, it was the original or the original guy. He wrote it, so it was fantastic. So yeah. I, I have to give kudos to uh, all of those. Now I have a question for you guys: Is there any chance that I could record one of like the kind of generic rock riffs that's on the radio in between your segments? Like, right. can I record one of those and, and, and send it to you guys and you guys could use it at some point? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, yeah absolutely. If it, if it fits, for yeah. sure. Yeah, we'll definitely do that, man. We, I mean, we, you know we, I mean? we they're all in... the same. Yeah. Give us something unique. Like, and something back. Called... Yeah. 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 Okay. Go, go ahead. Do that. I may as well use this moment to be like, I want to put a generic rock riff. On the radio at some point. I've been listening to them my whole life. Uh, so that will be cool. I'll send it to you. All right. Yeah, no, we'll use it. Yeah. Your, your dream has come true. Yeah, any any way that we can deprive musicians of their yeah. <laughs> of being compensated for their work, we're all on board. Yeah, don't pay me. I don't want money. Don't, don't worry. Me. Don't worry. We won't. Yeah. We, shall, we shall honor your wishes. When's, when's your next? It only cheapens it. When's your next? Are you doing an Instagram Live uh, tonight, or do you do it every night? What's up? I used to do it every night. Now I'm just trying to uh, figure out exactly what I want to do. I think I'm going to uh, figure out the next. I'm going to get another guest lined up. And okay. then, you know, not like a girl, not like a get. I'm, I'm just going to try to get a, a cool, uh, you know, maybe a dude from a band or something like that. Right. Just to have something that could kind of build it. That's you know? great. All right, good. Well, well this right. one worked. Yeah, you're, you're doing well, man. That's cool. We're happy for you. So, uh, so keep up the good Thanks. work, Patton. 
We'll wait for our generic rock riff. <laughs> I can't wait. And if I could just if I could just leave it with this, where it's like all the listeners, uh, you know, think about your own lives that they're important, and and think about everybody that's in your life. But most importantly, you know, think about Pat Finnerty. Thank you. What what you could do? What you could do for Pat Finnerty? We'll all know? consider that today. Thank you, Pat hey, Finnerty. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. That's very cool. Got it done, man. A little persistence, and it worked out for him. All right, uh, lesson question. That's what we're going to do. And the lesson question, we're going to give away a digital download of Batwoman, the complete first season. We need to find out if you heard for oral hygiene what Steve uses to scrape his tongue. 215-263-WMMR for oral hygiene. What does Steve use to scrape his tongue? 215 215- 263-WMMR. Call right now. We're going to do the trash while you're calling. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right. Let's get right into it. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Keenan Thompson will be filling in for Judge Simon Cowell on AGT while he recovers from a serious bicycle accident. Thompson is already preparing to step in for Cowell by having all of his talent removed. Oh. Oh. 38-year-old Britney Spears is requesting to have her father, Jamie Spears, removed as her conservator, saying she is more than ready to resume control of her finances. Spears made the formal request in a letter that contained a crayon picture of a unicorn and five milk duds. Oh, my God. And finally, Keanu Reeves raving about the um, COVID safety protocols that have been put into place to keep everyone safe while filming The Matrix 4. Reef says that when actors aren't needed on set, they are placed into liquid-filled pods and connected to a master controller oh. through a port in the back of their spines. <laughs> Safe? Yeah. yeah. And that's your Hollywood show. All right. We'll see if somebody knows the answer to this question for oral hygiene. What does Steve scrape his tongue with? 215-263-WMMR. Hey, Ryan. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Good, Ryan. What does Steve use to scrape his tongue with? An exacto knife. You yeah. are correct. Exacto knife is exactly correct, and we have a digital download of Batwoman. The complete first season after Batman disappears, Gotham is in chaos and in need of a new savior. Enter Kate Kane, a dangerous and outspoken woman who must provide hope to the city as Batwoman. Own it now on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD. Now, Preston and Steve's Music View on 93.3 WMMR. All right, few stories to get to this morning. Uh, here's a chance to own some White Stripes memorabilia, including instruments and gear. Uh, Jack White is putting multiple items on the auction block, including Meg White's crash cymbal, Jack White guitars, and the drum kit from the White Stripes uh, Hardest Button to Button music video. I'll have to see what that looks like. So now that Jack White is our best friend, <laughs> yes, we had a successful interview with yeah. him. Uh, he was a nice guy. I, he was really, he was a really, yeah. big, you know, uh, we should we should see about getting him on again. Because Reach back out. I'd like to. I uh, think he's probably thinking about us a lot. You think oh, so? Yeah. yeah. Oh, most definitely. And, and plus, we can soften him up into coming back to Philadelphia sometime. Yeah. Well, now the baseball's back. We want you we here. Baseball for a little while. Yep. Uh, this is according to Pitchfork.com. The auction runs uh, the 26th, uh, next week, next Wednesday, uh, to Sunday, August 30th. And it's online Nashville. Uh, it, it's Eastern via on, or no. Huh? 
Never mind. The times are Eastern. It's going to be the online Nashville auction. Blah, blah, blah. There you go. But uh, a portion blah, of the proceeds blah, blah. are going to, of the auction are going to benefit the John Peel Center, Gideon's Army, and the Detroit Phoenix Center. Seether has announced a live stream concert event in celebration of their upcoming eighth studio album, C. Vis Passium Parabellum, Locked and Live, which is in the partnership with Veeps and Elite Multimedia. It'll be held on Sunday, August 30th at 3 p.m. Uh, the set list promises to include classic hits as well as brand new tracks from the new album. So the ticket packages are on sale now at seether.veeps.com. This week, Metallica's ongoing vintage video series dubbed Metallica Mondays uh, featured the band set from the September 14, 2011 show at New York's Yankee Stadium. And that show was the last of the big four events featuring Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax. Uh, during the concert's encore, uh, Overkill uh, featured a full stage including Kerry King, Dave Lombardo, Gary Holt, David Elson, uh, Ellison, uh, Chris Broderick. Uh, Sean Drover, Scott Ian, Rob Caggiano, Frank Bello, Charlie Benante, and Joey Belladonna. So that is their latest release. Pretty Reckless singer Taylor Momsen recently spoke with Forbes about the decision to delay the release of their next album, Death by Rock and Roll, until 2021. She said the main reason for delaying it uh, was simply because putting out a few songs and not being able to play them is one thing, but putting out a full album and not being able to play the tour is crazy. So the touring is going to be critical, they believe. Yeah. And I so, think she's probably right. Uh, they released their first single from the album, Death by Rock and Roll, in May and plan to release more in the future. She said there's going to be more music to come. Uh, the title track is just the first little taste or the tip of the iceberg, if you will. And then, uh, oh, here's that. We have an audio clip. This is pretty yeah. cool. Uh, Steve sent this over. Nuno Betancourt, outstanding guitarist, was originally in the band Extreme, but he's kind of a gun for hire now. You see him playing everywhere from rock acts to touring with Rihanna. I mean, he's just yeah. kind of a go-to. He's, he's, he's one of the guitar greats. And uh, he did a live jam session uh, with Nancy Wilson and uh, Taylor Hawkins. And they had this gal, Liv Warfield, who Man, sings. she's good. I saw her a few years ago uh, singing another heart song. I think she was singing Crazy on You live. And I think it was with Nuno and Nancy as well. She can Belt, man, she's fantastic. So they did a version of Barracuda. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. So we'll play a little clip of this for you. Many women can match that Ann Wilson in her prime no, vocal style, it. and this gal, Liv Warfield, can. So it's it's pretty cool. It's worth uh, checking out. And Nuno stays true to the original guitar sound and solo. It's really cool. And, and Taylor's great in it, too. Uh, so uh, cool things like that have been happening left and right during this. One of the, it's one of the cool things to come out of this horrible situation we're all in. Uh, so hopefully, you know, a post when... Touring returns. Maybe some of these groups that are Wouldn't doing that these jam cool? sessions will get together and go out and do this stuff and take it on the road. I'd love to see Nancy Wilson. Yeah. 
Uh, and then finally, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Weir, Rage Against Machines, Tom Morello, and Queens of the Stone Age leader Josh Hom have signed on for a live charity event paying tribute to the life and work of late Clash frontman Joe Strummer. Um, it was reported a two-hour A Song for Joe, celebrating the life of Joe Strummer, will stream for free on Friday, August 21st. Uh, for, excuse me, 3 to Joe, p- I love you. <laughs> 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern uh, via joestrummer.com with all donations directly benefiting Save Our Stages. There's a great Clash documentary. Have you seen that Clash documentary? Joe's about them from just... I think so, yes. It's really good. Yes. Also appearing on the special will be Dropkick Murphys, Butch Walker, Lucinda Williams, members of The Strokes, actor Steve Buscemi and Matt Dillon, uh, politician uh, Beto O'Rourke, with singer-songwriter Jesse Mallon hosting the event. So that is coming up on Friday. And that's what I got. Nice. That's your music news, friends. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. Get ready to wrap the whole thing up. Letter of the day, word of the week prize. Remind you about it all when we get back. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. We're done. How about that? Wrapping up another day in the books. And what a day. I enjoyed the hell out of today's broadcast. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Just glad Kathy wasn't here for it. That would have brought it all down. God. Bitch. Wow. Damn. Well, I, had a I had a long night. We need to talk about that. We didn't get a chance to get to it today. Did you hear about Marissa last night? I did not. Her fire alarm in her building went oh, off no. at 3 o'clock in the morning. 2.30. Oh, 2.30. Oh. Had to go outside the building, everybody, pets, oh, everybody no. in their, you know, bathrobes and everything. and Lantern uh, flies. Stand around for an hour. <laughs> yes, they're all over the place. Ugh. Waiting. And so I am surprised at how bright-eyed and bushy-tailed uh, you are after such a turbulent evening. That yes. sucks. So we thank you for your uh, contribution to the program today. Well, the night had started with some birthday celebrations with my friends. So that made it a little better. And your birthday technically oh. is coming up, right? It's Friday. All yeah, right. but a lot mm-hmm. of people go down the shore, so uh, we had a little picnic on. Any word is it? Because I know you said you, you'd, you'd fallen asleep while blowing glass, but anything, any ideas to what happened, what, what caused the fire? No, I ha- I don't know. It wasn't anything. Yeah, it's nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, so maybe we'll cover that soon. And I want to thank Big J Okerson yeah. for checking in and giving us his, you know, perspective of what happened, <laughs> getting yanked off the stage and all that stuff. So it makes and, for a hell of a story. And he said he turned down tons of interviews to come on and, and be on the press and Steve show. Not An easy listening station in Cape Cod, he said. That was the only station he's done. Scooter and somebody. Scooter and Buzz or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Roy Wood Jr. Yeah. Uh, from The Daily Show with uh, Trevor Noah and uh, covering the conventions, sort of. But uh, they, you know, they know what they're doing. They, they do a great job. And then finally, uh, Pat Finnerty jammed with Dave Grohl over the week over in yeah. so Thank you, Pat, for being on the show. Uh, Pierre Robert is in the studio. Pierre went to a show last night. I did. How was it? Well, um, it was really Struts, cool. by the way, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm just setting it up. Yeah. I didn't say what show it was. The oh, Struts right. at Citizens Bank Park. It's our uh, was our first musical live in drive-in. You guys had the first uh, comedy live in drive-in with Burt Kreischer, uh, and it was just a perfect evening. Music, uh, well, weather-wise, yeah, uh, it just couldn't have been nicer. And um, the band, well, we had two bands. We had Nick Perry opening, and the Underground Thieves. Uh, they're local, and they just put out a record. And they got a great reception, and Brent Porsche and I were hosting. And then uh, Struts came on about 9, 
and did a, a great set. And um, it was th- there's a part in the show where Luke often will get the audience to um, um, he'll go, you know, he'll do that left hand, right hand. Right, thing. right. Mm-hmm. Which actually I find annoying. Uh, <laughs> left hand, right hand. Thing. Well, meaning left side, left sing, side along. Okay. sing loud, yeah. right side, sing loud, boys sing loud, girls sing yeah. loud. I, I, I'm about participation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of bands. Well, not a lot of bands, but some bands do it, and I wish they all stopped doing it. <laughs> okay. But um, be, aside from that, he but he was getting to that part of the show, and he goes, "Well, we can't do that, so let's have left horns honking <laughs> and right <laughs> horns honking." <laughs> And, and the horns were honking left and right, and I was I I had left my car at that point. Was walking around, uh, and I was standing next to Brent Porsche's Jeep, and I was almost deafened by the horn sound. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Because and but if if you had a stereo microphone in the parking lot, you would hear the left channel honking, all, all these horns honking, and then the right channel honking, and then everybody started honking. Um, so it, it was a great vibe, actually. That's really cool. cool. How did you think the uh, the sound uh, situation? In the car, it was great. Excellent. Um, uh, but when uh, I started walking around, it was not mm-hmm. good. Yep, that's uh, why in the they want you to stay in your vehicle. Right. You know, so that's that's part of the, the, the deal with that. Our crowd was incredible. Everybody was incredibly well-mannered, really uh, nicely behaved. Uh, everybody was so almost joyous to uh, experience some live music. You know, so the, that was cool. The key, like when we went up with Bert and we were telling the audience, the, the more that this, everyone follows the rules and everyone's sort of, you know, saying it, the more we can keep doing this, right. the yeah. more things will get, you know. And the sooner we can get back to, yeah. back to yeah. normal. Exactly. Right. Hey, what did, what did uh, Luke, did you talk to the guys? Yeah, yeah. What did they think about it? I'm sure you didn't. See them after the show, but I saw them briefly after. Oh, okay, they uh, had to bolt, didn't they? They had to bolt because they have a show near Pittsburgh tonight. Yeah, uh, and they don't. This they're just doing a few one-offs, and so they um, they are they were driving to Pittsburgh, you uh, know, at eleven o'clock last night. Um, this was the very first one they had ever done, so uh, they had just gotten in the day before. Uh, so this is the first one of these that they had done. And he said afterwards, uh, I was really um, nervous about how it would go, hmm. but it really went well. The crowd was incredible. And he, I mean, he thanked MMR two different times from the stage, uh, thanked me, thanked MMR, thanked uh, the audience, and most, more importantly, thanked uh, Philly and what a great audience. He said, we have never had a bad show here. Oh, that's great. Were you impressed by any uh, setups of cars or anything? I mean, it has the potential of getting a little Buffett-esque yes. in, like, the back of pickup trucks and such. It's really good that you pointed that out because I was walking around afterwards trying to, I mean, normally we do the roving rock microphone mm-hmm. and right. people are leaving. What would you think of the show? And so I just took my phone and just walked around and started chatting with a few people. And this, I came across these two guys. And they had a full grill in their pickup truck bed, and they had turned it backwards. And uh, there had been some question as to whether you could do that. You can actually uh, back a pickup truck in and sit in the oh, bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had brought plastic chairs. And so the two guys and their two girlfriends, and they had a little mini bar set up going in, in the back. <laughs> and they had a full grill going. And it, they really, uh, I, I have them on tape. They were living large. So. Are, uh, are RVs allowed? 
I don't think so. Okay. I yeah, mean, I think and, it's got to fit in a standard uh, parking spot. Gotcha. And, okay. And you so, wouldn't but, see a good view from an RV unless no, you, they had a deck or something. But you'd have a that. bathroom and a kitchen and, right. you know, the ability to tailgate in a different way. I'm just curious. It, it's um, going to be really interesting to see how these things roll out over the next few months. Well, the bathrooms are incredibly well done and yeah. incredibly clean. Good. I mean, they they had all these porta potties, and I watched people go in with spray guns and san- uh, some kind of sanitizing something or other. They do, do it constantly. Yeah, and then, and that's why yeah. all all the food service and and and, and booth service, they come to your car, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um you take your cell phone out and you take a picture of the um what do they call the those? Q code. QR code. The, the QR code, yeah. yeah, and um and you can get anything from uh food brought to your car to uh, buy merch that way. Yeah, yeah isn't it cool? So, I mean, pretty wild. Or if you have a problem, you can text a certain number and someone will come to your car and help you. Yeah, um, they have AAA and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it really, it, it was very well thought out. Uh, the audience couldn't have been better and more well-behaved and more excited and more thrilled to see a show. Um, you know, uh, there had been this problem up in... Cape, not Cape Cod, but uh, Long Island, um, up in the Hamptons, with this band called the Chainsmokers that yeah. had done one of these. <laughs> and everybody, I don't know if the band encouraged it. I think Cuomo was going to sue them because everyone left their cars and rushed the stage, right. and they were all jamming together, and um, and it went horribly south. Uh, this was not that. Um, everybody incredibly well behaved and a great vibe and and perfect weather. So uh, between Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves and the Struts, it was a, it was I mean and uh, yeah, I was doing a little concert piece when they were doing one. Of, uh, they played three brand new songs for the first time ever ah. in Philadelphia oh, too. Amazing. By the way, yeah, they debuted three songs from the forthcoming album, which we might see as soon as the end of this month. Uh, um, really good stuff. One of which is <clears throat> uh, called Strange Days, all about these strange days that we're living in. Nice. Uh, they made the album in 10 days in L.A. Uh, different song every day, so 10 songs on the album. And uh, it's going to, I, I just got a chance to hear a little bit of it. It's really good. Cool. So they're Wonderful. just a great, Success. great bunch of guys. I love and it. They're poised, you know, they're poised for, they're, they, I don't. They're like poised for takeoff into another level of of success. I think they're not quite there yet. But um, you know, this next album and you know, hopefully tour. Yeah. Beyond. Sometimes uh, COVID. the right song will do it. They've had hits. And right. They're good. But right. but if you get one that captures everybody, right. Then you're then you're on your way. Right. So hopefully they've got the. Happen. Well, their single is going to be a song called "Another Hit." Um, and that's one of the new ones they debuted last night. But Luke said, for the first time, anyone is hearing these. Are you people here in Philly at this MMR concert event? So, wonderful stuff. Uh, we need to do the letter of the day. I prepare. Preston and Steve <laughs> on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. <laughs> so much. He, he prepares. He prepares. Yes. The Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. A as in attitude. All right, and we are going to give away uh, as a prize on Friday a Mermaid Spirits Distillery basket with six bottles of their products and over a hundred dollars in distillery merch, including logo pint glasses, uh, Glen Cairn whiskey tasting glasses, a logo hoodie, and more. Six bottles include each of their three distinctive styles of rum, their trademark Forbidden Drive vodka, uh, McComish single malt American whiskey, and their D.B. Johnston straight bourbon, perfect neat or on the rocks with the mermaids. Uh, must be at least 21 years of age to win, located in Huntington Valley at the intersection of Davisville and County Line Road. Visit mermaidspirits.com for all things mermaid. Enjoy responsibly. Direct shipping available throughout 
Pennsylvania. Like I said, we give that away on Friday. What's up on the show today, Pierre? Well, we have a couple of theme blocks. Um, we have a request for um, a soldier block, and we're going to get to that. Uh, we've got a block of hailstorm, and then we have a request for kind of a, a new wave block of some uh, of those wonderful new wave hits from the Yay. 80s. Yeah, so um, we're going to have some fun with a couple of themes. Cool. I want to thank our sponsors, Best and Steve Show, brought to you today by Hersey Official Chip of Making the Most of Your Summer, and also by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show, and Hyundai City Park. Get ready for a whole lot of Sonata. Uh, shop now and save during the summer. Sell off at HyundaiCity.com. Uh, tomorrow on the program, uh, Joe Gatto yeah. of Impractical Jokers will be joining us. Uh, comedian Sam Morrow will be on the show, and I'm sure we got a lot of other things. We, we need do. to do some stuff to give away, so we will enjoy. That is it. We are done. Have a great day, and we will rage on. I almost forgot to say that. Rage on, or did I say it? No. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Oh, really, dude? The red light playing your Jesus music on Bless, then you cut me off the first chance you get? Jesus would slap the shit out of you. Next message. As long as I watch the game, they win. I absolutely missed one game on Friday. They lost tremendously. I absolutely had to cut off work early. I skipped two customers so I could come home to watch this game. And you know what they did? They won. Go Flyers. Next message. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.